0: is no better place. It's time to talk. The only way <laughs> the Andy doing Cork is down to Neil Prenderville. you
1: know? Fair play. to That's a Cork threat <laughs> at this stage, I think. The
0: Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. I what? just
1: love Cork people. Conversation that matters. Get involved in the conversation. The Neil Prenderville Show with Mercedes Benz of Cork. And the papers this morning never refuse a good old story when it comes to the weather. It's either the great summer stories When we hear of 24 and 26 degrees, kind of, from time to time, or the winter stories, when we hear of the chilly forecast for February. So the bitter cold and snow they're saying will last for weeks. I'm sure it will come at some stage. I don't see any forecast for anything like that anywhere between now and, say, the weekend anyway. But, like, for instance, at the star this morning saying snow is forecast to return. Freezing temperatures minus three signalling fresh safety warnings from Met Aaron. Uh, and this kind of a warning is up around... <laughs> because it's not us, it's Connacht and Cavan and Monaghan and places like that, so uh, good luck to them, I hope they stay warm and the pipes don't Burst um, uh, Talking from a burst to an outburst, it's a story making uh, many of the papers this morning, certainly the Irish Times, the Examiner and the Echo uh, and emotional scenes at the Cork District Court yesterday I'll come back to this in a few minutes time, you had uh, Niall Long before the court and Luke Taylor before the court but there was a, one of them, a 31 year old man brought before the court, charged with murdering 47-year-old old Kieran Quilligan and minutes later the 46 the 26-year-old man charged with the same murder now um, the uh, of course we know Kieran Quilligan's uh, human remains were found in East Cork five months after he was uh, reported missing I'm reading from the Echo this morning where um, uh, at the brief the brief hearing ended and uh, One of the individuals being brought back into the custodial area and members of the Quilligan family stood and angrily shouted comments in his direction from the body of the court, including, You effing tramp and you scumbag! Uh, One member of the family then turned briefly to the judge as they left the courtroom and said, we apologise, Your Honour. So that's why there's a headline in the Echo this morning saying outbursts as pair charged with murder. Um, Judge Mary Dorgan um, actually has has the uh, story, uh, featured in the mirror this morning because uh, she granted free legal aid in the case uh, as um, the defendant is uh, unemployed. uh, And uh, Mr. Collins Daily uh, said that um, Mr. Long had been in the process of applying for disability benefits so I will return to this because there's quite a lot of uh, stories again unfortunately um, here in Cork from yesterday and one of them is a major guard investigation underway body of a man who died in suspicious circumstances in sheltered accommodation in McCroom uh, found at lunchtime yesterday and that's a front page, We're also making the echo today, the man's been named 61 year old Michael Foley, now his younger brother Timmy was murdered in the town of McCroom in 2018 so that features also in this morning's examiner it's a murder probe likely now after the body was found according to an oh, in English, Michael Foley's body found yesterday. As I say, his brother Timmy was stabbed to death in a house in McCroom in 2018 at the age of 44. And uh, the late Timmy Foley's ex-wife, Rito Driscoll, who was then aged 49 uh, from Bandon, was convicted of his murder at Dan Corkery Place in McCroom uh, in 2018. She was sentenced to a mandatory life sentence. The examiner this morning says that one of the neighbours of Mr Foley, a fellow by the name of Tim Horgan, uh, just uh, lived near him, said he had not seen Michael for a few days. He called to the house to check on him yesterday morning, see if he was all right, went to the house and knocked on the door to see if he was there. The curtains were closed, he said. Normally the curtains are open. He says, I was going away and I met his key worker. Uh, she opened the door, went in and saw him on the floor. Uh, so there's quite a lot of coverage of that, which I'll, which I'll come back to. Also before the courts yesterday, is the story of a 63-year-old Cork man accused of attacking his sleeping wife with boiling water and a claw hammer uh, he Noel Toomey from Knocknahane plans to appeal to the High Court for bail now. Detective Garda Brian Murphy testified previously that the accused man flagged down a Garda patrol car while soaked in his wife's blood, carrying a blood-stained hammer in a plastic bag at five o'clock in the morning uh, in January um, uh, at Baker's Road in Grangnabrohar. Now the detective Garda. Charged Toomey with two counts of assault causing harm to his wife Jackie Toomey at the family home and he said this is very serious. She went to sleep in the safety of her own bed. Noel Toomey, he alleges Nol Toomey, made a very conscious decision to boil a pot of water and retrieve a claw hammer from the toolbox. He paced the apartment 10 to 20 times considering what he would do or how he would carry out his actions or what actions he would carry out. Then entered his bedroom well, his wife was asleep and attacked her in a cowardly fashion as she lay asleep. Uh, so that was um, the allegation from Guardish O'Connor. So he is applying for bail. So it's back in the newspapers again today. And you know of the, the riot, the, firstly the protests, then the rioting and then the, the looting and then the burning in Dublin last year. Um, a 61-year-old man has appeared in court accused of torching the Lewis tram. During what they call in this morning star, the mass riot in Dublin. And that's a front page of making the star, All Hell Broke Lewis, L-U-A-S. Um, and you know, all too often, of course, we hear of so much criminality in this country, much of it attached, uh, attached to drugs, addiction, or drug debt. There's a story in the mail today, a rural story, actually, where uh, pubs in rural Ireland are designating themselves as Schnokta free zones as cocaine use continues to spiral. All too often now, it is just a part of going out for many people, and it's just part of the whole idea of socializing. So I did see in the papers this morning uh, that the problem with the drug has grown so much that one publican in Galway has declared his pub to be a cocaine-free zone. Anyone exhibiting any signs of use would be requested to take an in-pub test to see if they had any cocaine in their system. If they did, I suppose they're out and possibly barred. And if they're not, well, I guess they can they can sup away. But the part of this story that's very interesting is we've heard this in the past, that it's easier to get cocaine delivered and faster than pizza in the West of Ireland. And one example was given by a drug counsellor who said that he once had a client that ordered his cocaine and his pizza at the same time and had the drugs arrive at the door before the food. So the cocaine arrived faster. Um, It probably was pre-bagged, ready to go, as opposed to the pizza having to be cooked. But there you have it, nonetheless, faster than ordering a pizza. The death of John Bruton yesterday makes many of the newspapers today that describe him as a political giant who set us on the path to prosperity. Uh, He also was uh, a very key uh, involvement in the early days of the peace process, peace process and he passed away uh, yesterday I, I and one of the papers this morning i can't remember which one Um, but certainly in the inside pages of the paper they uh, reminisce about a story from the mid-1990s which I remember actually vividly uh, because it was uh, uh, on on another radio station in another place Um, but uh, it was, I believe one of the news readers at the time doorsteps John Bruton and asked him a question about the peace process and he turned around on mike and said, where's the effect of the peace process? The peace process? I'm sick to death of the effing peace process that was... (laughs) that was subsequently run on air and was picked up nationally um, and, and I suppose he was just having a frustrated moment at the time, John Broden. but I'll always remember afterwards uh, he wrote a letter of apology and sent it to the radio station which I think was a mark of the man. We can always we can all have those moments can't we? Those almost like meltdown moments. You heard in the news there about um, Ireland playing Israel in the basketball and as the Irish Times says this morning, the stage is set Ireland will play Israel in Riga, Latvia tomorrow. Uh, in a Euro basket qualifier and no amount of noise or pressure from the outside world is going to change any of that. Um, Apparently, Basketball Ireland have made their choice. They made it in the knowledge that plenty will disagree with it. And those that are disagreeing first feel that Israel shouldn't be involved in any sport and indeed if they are, that they should be boycotted and that nobody should play against them. So that's not going to happen in that regard. Mind you, I was reading at the weekend that... um, there is momentum gathering all the time about countries who either should or should not boycott the Eurovision because of the Israeli involvement in it. Um, And certainly the Scandinavian countries are getting very antsy about it. And of course there is a petition here as well uh, in Ireland saying that Ireland should boycott the Eurovision if Israel take part. Um, the story regarding um, the Cork School uh, you're aware of from the back end of last week Wales called Uriada where there was a guest speaker I won't go through the whole details of that again you're probably the guest speaker who got up and criticised divorce and was using terms like gender bender and you know uh, saying that we shouldn't be selecting a non-binary artist for the Eurovision Anyway, the priest apparently who invited that speaker up onto the stage, not the stage, the altar, he'll no longer work as the school chaplain uh, of uh, Gwelsgol Uriada Anymore. And that's the inside pages of this morning's um, uh, Echo. You know, yesterday we are talking about six-year-olds with smartphones. Fiona Looney in the Mail this morning says, giving your six-year-old a phone or a smartphone is like giving them a live grenade. And she says, I don't know whether I'm more shocked by the news that a quarter of six-year-olds have smartphones or more shocked by the news that the fact that their parents admitted it. She said, if she was asked the question, she said, I would have lied. If I were the parent of a smartphone-owning six-year-old child, I'd have lied, she says. Even adults uh, need to be in the hole of their health uh, before they dive too darkly down the warren of the dark, dangerous tunnels to which smartphones give access to. And she says another excuse for handing small children live grenades in the shape of smartphones is that the desire to be able to keep tabs on them. But she says, how often are six-year-olds left unsupervised anyway for any serious length of time in this era of helicoptering parenting? There's a very interesting story, um, and it's more of a confession from people this morning in The Star. They surveyed 1,000 dog owners, rover.com, and they found that 4 in 10 dog owners tell their pets that they love the pet more often than they tell their parents no partner I should say that they love their partner so I hope I didn't mess that up 4 in 10 dog owners tell their pets that they love them more times than they tell their partner that they love them but do they mean it though do they mean it when it comes to the dog? Um, in fact, when you talk of couples, and I know we spoke last week about menopause and menopause. All I'm going to say with regards to menopause and menopause is there's a story in the mail this morning saying if... Uh, and it, let's say it's a couple in a relationship, male-female. So the female is going through menopause at the same time while the male is going through menopause. So now there is a name for that, where both of you are having those... Um, Uh, syndromes at the same time it's called couple pause so we have menopause, menopause and couple pause.
2: Text or WhatsApp Neil now 868
0: The Neil Prenderville Show
1: on Red FM. My roadster the correspondent with the Irish Times uh, joins us because uh, he talks of emotional outbursts in Cork District Court yesterday. Two men were before the courts, now, Long and Luke Taylor. Um, and he joins me by phone having been in court for that appearance yesterday morning. Barry, good morning. And so, um, my apologies, let me just sort out of the phone line here. Barry, sorry about that, good morning. And so, two, both of them remanded in custody after charge, isn't that the case?
3: That's correct, Nina, yes. good morning. Um, you can't apply for bail uh, on a murder charge in the district court, so it was um, uh, inevitable that they'd be remanded in custody. So, two men, as you say, Neil Long, he's 31, he's from um, St. Michael's Close, Man, and Luke Taylor, he's 26, he's originally from Man, but he's currently in no fixed abode, and uh, they were.
1: Okay, and that's the, the latest update on that. You you weren't long out of court then when you were getting reports of uh, the death of a man in in Macroom, sixty one year old Michael Foley. Um, this is a, a tragic story, isn't it? Made even more tragic with the fact that his brother was um, was was brutally killed as well as some years previous. What, what do you know about that one? Uh, yeah,
3: I was actually up at the. Um So suspicious
1: death at this stage, is it? Head, serious head injuries, however?
3: That, that, that's as far as they're going at the moment, suspicious death, but I would be expecting that this will be um, that later today we'll be looking at this, or guard, we'll be looking at this as um, something far more um, sinister, shall we say. Um, there's no sign of forced entry there, from my understanding, and there's no indication of anything being stolen, or so robbery doesn't seem to be a motive for this assault, we call it at the moment. Yeah. last seen alive, they have reports uh, that he was seen alive on Saturday,
1: I, I, do, I don't mean to speak ill of the of the gentleman but the examiner this morning said they speak to McCroom Senior Citizens Group uh, runs a complex and residential facility alongside it and while they're shocked they said that in the past they did express concerns to Cork County Council about some of the people who were visiting the complex in recent months uh, I don't know whether you wish to speculate on that, uh, Owen English talked to I, I, one of I, the neighbours um, and he said he was a character, a wild kind of fella but there was no harm in him uh, he loved life. He used to love to go off to the shops and do his shopping, go out for a few drinks. He was a grand fella, pleasant fella, apparently, by all accounts.
3: Yeah, I'd heard that story about because there's a...
1: thank you so much for those updates do appreciate it um, anybody with any information uh, can contact Macroom Garda Station on 026 20590 or the Garda Confidential line at one 800 treble one, or any Garda Station for that matter Barry Road Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times text 0868104106. The Neil Prendival Show
2: on Red FM
1: Conversation that
0: Matters
1: Uh, Interestingly, uh, conversations that matters include some of the ones from yesterday with regards to kids on uh, social media and six-year-olds with smartphones. I have an almost 11 and a 10-year-old who are not allowed to have phones. If they go out in the estate to play, they have a watch that I can ring them on and then they can ring me on. Very posh. Only the number stored in the watch can call them. All other calls won't go through, and they can only call the number stored in the watch. There is no need for a phone until secondary school full stop. I wonder how much a... Uh... A watch like that, one of those kind of funky smartwatches would cost you. My five-year-old gets an hour of telly a day and no other screen time. It's been like that since he started watching television at around the age of two or three. One hour a day. Kids don't need any more time than that at such a young age. He loves books and numbers. Giving them a mobile phone is just an easy cop-out, says Clive, listening in France. Um, Well, at his five now, I wonder, will the same rules apply or will there be pushback when he's eight, nine, ten, eleven, or maybe you'll relax the the rules at that stage it's not just the, just the screens neil i have asked my te- child's teacher before christmas why the kids are so behind in their tables which i did two years ago while homeschooling they get no maths no reading for homework and for the last two years they watched movies a lot really regarding the bullying you also talked about school is a joke for that they prefer to stand with the bullies in school Unfortunately, many, many parents had removed their kids from a certain school where the principal was, has no regard to deal with anything. It's so sad how kids are just left bullied. There's no idea how to educate children. Not many parents even care themselves. The poor kids... Uh, there is a watch you can buy called an Emu watch. I M O O. You oh, know, this is the one from the earlier text. Emu. You can put the parents' number on it. The kid can ring and message the parents. It has GPS, so we know where he is at all times. This is enough for any primary school child. They're totally contactable. No need for a phone. Can we Google I M O O? This watch you can give the child and get a price on it just for divement. My kid has taken money so many times for these from these V Bucks on Fortnite. Um, I have uh, a lock on my card now, so no transactions can go through till I accept them. Uh, this is from yesterday's programme we were wondering how come kids can run up such huge bills, four grand, eight grand, and one in America ten thousand dollars playing games online why are they running up the costs on online games so the card details stored on the app that makes it too easy for the kid Uh, once uh, just one two more a few years ago i worked for a small family run business for christmas all the staff were given a 500 all for one voucher very nice a girl working with me checked the voucher online because it didn't work for her And she tried to buy something online. There was €4.50 left on it. She told the boss and he went to check it out. Turns out his eight-year-old son had gotten access to the vouchers before the staff got them. And he bought an iPad online with it, but told his parents he had won it online. His parents were clueless when it came to technology. Oh, there was some price to be paid for that. Um, Good morning. On phones, I I gave in six months ago with my child who's nearly 12. Oh, sorry, nearly 13. I check the phone every second night to keep a check on what's going on and messages. I always let him know it's my phone as long as I'm paying the bill. And I want, and I will check it whenever I want. He seems to be okay with that. Uh, listening to your topic yesterday about bullying, my daughter was bullied. She got the most horrible messages ever calling her a weirdo a weirdo a loner telling her to leave school saying she had no friends and my daughter missed a year of school and got depressed because of this i never knew what was wrong with her she would leave the she wouldn't leave the house as she was scared and in the end it came it all came out my child was suicidal i had to get on to someone myself as the school wouldn't ring to see why she wasn't attending school they don't take bullying seriously it's a joke and sad to see these bullies and what they're doing to our children, uh, says Neev. I wonder, are there any updates? How, how is your daughter now? How did you, how did you sort that? I or two more. Why in the name of God would a six-year-old need a mobile phone? Uh, don't say it's if they're in danger or they need to be collected. They're six they should be supervised all of the time, full stop I was in a coffee shop yesterday looked around to see each of the groups of young people, every one of them with their head stuck in a mobile phone no talking, this is what's happening to the world and one wonders how it's all going to play out children have too much of their own way, thank you another kind of sad or disturbing thing see if somebody's um, out in a coffee shop or in a restaurant or in a cafe or having a bit of lunch and they're watching television on their mobile phone, uh, I, I mean it's none of my business when anybody watches on their phone including a television show but they're not really enjoying the food they're not really enjoying the surroundings they're not engaging with people and they'll have no remembrance of it and that'll be an episode of their life that they will never remember because they were just watching TV while having lunch. I'm not sure where your Pauline is living with 15 boys at the cinema and only a couple with mobiles. Everyone who's 10, 11 or 12 has mobiles. I don't see any of them without them. I think in some of the schools you're not even allowed to bring them in, uh, says Marie in Clan. Well, I think the story yesterday was more to do with the fact that uh, there was a whole bunch of them in the cinema um, and one of them never watched the movie. It brought to the cinema, brought to the... The cinema for a birthday and one fella just watched YouTube on his phone as opposed to watching the actual film. Anyway, text 0868104106. Also, uh, and this is uh, something that we posted on, um, on Facebook overnight. Remember the very short text that came in yesterday morning saying, I want to believe in the afterlife. Has anybody any proof? Can anybody help me? I would take great consolation from knowing that there was something in the next life, but I don't believe and it would take proof to prove to me that it is true. And then there was an astonishing call uh, of um, somebody's father who was passing away on the air yesterday morning, uh, sitting... Oh, his mother actually was passing up, passing away and sitting up bolt upright uh, because um, her husband had come into the room and, of course, had passed away some years previously. And that, for the call yesterday morning, was proof positive that um, one parent dies but comes back as the other parent or partner is passing away to take them with them to the next life. So they're the kind of stories we were talking about yesterday. Uh, Prompted a text from Elaine, who joins me by phone. Elaine, good morning.
4: Good morning, Neil.
1: I'm very keen to hear your story rather than just read it out. So share it with us. It it involves your dad, doesn't it?
4: It does indeed, yes. So um, my dad passed away like 17 years ago now. And Neil, as I said to Seamus and Kevin on the phone, like I could tell, numerous amounts of stories but this one as you probably read <laughs> stands out a little bit yeah, more yeah, yeah. Um, because basically right, I worked in McCurtain Street I'm living in Crosshaven and I worked in McCurtain Street and I used to get the bus every day into town and I'd have my normal route I'd get off at South Mall that's where the bus stopped at the time I'd get off at the South Mall I'd turn right off the bus walk towards Parnell Place cross over the bridge to McCurtain Street and that was my route yeah But this day, something, my dad had passed away about six or nine months or 12 months. I'm I'm not sure of the timeline, but it was a good time after and something told me to turn left instead of turning right. And there was nothing why I decided to turn that way. So I thought nothing of it. I said, right, I'll go down this way. And I was heading towards Oliver Plunkett Street. I'm not sure of the name of the street, but I I walked down the street and passed the Rob Boy Bar. And there was two men standing outside and I didn't know them from Adam but something told me to ask them if Dennis was inside. Why? So why why? Like, yeah.
1: yeah, okay. I don't mean to interrupt. Maybe I shouldn't interrupt. Go on anyway
4: but um, so I uh, said asked if Dennis was inside and Dennis said yeah no problem so they went in and brought out and Dennis my dad's friend that he worked with in the army which who I wouldn't have known very well I'd known of him to, be, to hear of and I would have met him I'd say maybe two or three times like you know if there's anything up in the, the army barracks and stuff like that Um, as I said if there was anything up in the army barracks um, you know like for Christmas and Fanta would come and that, I would have met him then but um, he came out anyways and he kind of looked at me he was like "Um, hi are you okay and I was like yeah and he was like are you on drugs or something because he couldn't quite understand how it all had come to you know that I'd asked and you know, we kind of talked for a while and we swapped numbers and I found out from him that he was actually moving to Spain so we kind of added each other as friends on Facebook and stuff like that. And um, so we've kept in contact ever since. As I said, it's about, what, 16 years now? And she's always text me around Dad's anniversary and he texts me at Christmas and kind of stuff like that. But that day he turned around and he was like, how did you know I was here and I was like I didn't <laughs> and he was like okay and I was like look the two men I said would my dad have known them I said, something kind of like told me would my dad have known them and he was like no he wouldn't have known them at all like you know because like, my dad wouldn't have went out um, to town like you know drinking and stuff like that So, but the Rob Roy was Dennis's local and- but not your dad's <laughs> Not my dad's. No, my and dad. You, dad
1: you ever didn't ever. Did you know this Dennis before all
4: mm, of it? I, as I said, I knew of him because, like, obviously, like he was my dad's work colleague as well as his friend. So, like, they worked in the office together up in Collins Barracks. So that's a most bizarre thing, him.
1: though. You would get off the bus, take a different route, walk to the Rob Roy, yeah. ask two men inside if an individual called yeah. Dennis was inside. Out comes Dennis, yeah. your dad's best friend. Like yeah. somebody planted that seed in your brain.
4: Oh, like, as I said, it was... I still, to this day, kind of get shivers over it because I'm like, we never... Like, you know, he moved to Spain about three months after. Like, our paths would probably have never crossed. He's from the north side, so, like, even if he was coming home to visit family, I possibly never would have seen him. And, like, I only... I worked in a curtain Street for a good few years after that, and now I said I'm working in Crosshaven. I'm here about 10 years. So I don't think our paths would have ever crossed because he was moving to Spain kind of shortly after. Yeah. So... As I said, I, I I I honestly there there has to be someone. As said, my dad had of put some plant in my head, <laughs> come to visit me in my sleep or something, yeah. or was with me that day on the bus going to town and went right. Okay, Dennis is over here. You have to go and and find him. And as I said, it's <laughs> it's strange. Like I said, check I in on his pal
1: from story. beyond the grave, kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah. like you you didn't know Dennis really. I you certainly didn't. You didn't probably. know where he drank. <laughs>
4: No. (laughs) No. As I said, so like that to me is my story of how there's definitely life. After death. And were there, other, death, uh, were there
1: others you're saying? You've had, you said you could write the book?
4: Oh, I have so many. I have so many. So, um, they're during COVID. Um, uh, I kind of was always curious about um, mediums and stuff like that, but I was always very um, kind of sceptical of it. But during COVID, a lot of um, mediums would have um, been doing online because they couldn't meet in person and stuff like that. So, I just happened to come across this medium called... Um, Tom Flynn, and um, he's living over in England, but he'd um, come and visit Cork an awful lot. Yes, I think and I've spoken COVID, with that in
1: that gentleman on the air in the he, past.
4: He's yeah. always come to the Metropole, yeah. um, but there was like a friend of mine had gone to see him, so I'd heard of him, but like, you know, I only kind of came upon his page on Facebook and went on, and um, you know, and he was doing lives, and like, you know, he might kind of like get a kind of um, some, uh, he'd pick up on a vibe or something, but one day he started singing um, a Queen song, and the next thing, like, he was like, look, you know, people people. people now that, you know, um, give me kind of like songs that, you know, might might reminisce with someone, like, you know, that they notice it. So I kind of text in going, yeah, my dad was a big, massive Queen fan. I said, like, you know, and um, he's like, yeah, actually, I have your dad here with me. And I was like, right, grand, you know, thinking nothing of it. And the next thing he went on and he went to describe how when he was passing, he had cancer. My dad, like, and when he was passing, his breath went very shallow. And like he mentioned that in full detail, how I was in the room, how I heard the breathing, how I left the room and how I just came back into the room just as dad was passing, which was true. And um, as I said, like all from a little snippet of a song that I can went. Yeah, actually, my dad, you know, so that. But then I went to Gareth Brooks um, in Dublin. I should have went the first weekend, but I actually got COVID, so I couldn't go. So I ended up going to the second, um, the last show, and the last show that Garth Brooks actually done um, was um, he did a tribute all of the nights, but he actually done a tribute to Queen on the last night <laughs> so again that was another sign for me right that was my dad he was actually telling me now I shouldn't have went to the first one <laughs> and I went to the second the, the last night and they played Queen as a tribute and like my cousin was actually a big massive Garth Brooks fan so I was very emotional listening to that but then when Queen came on I actually surprised myself I wasn't emotional it actually was like right that was my purpose to be here so I travelled up by myself stayed in Dublin by myself went to Coke Park by myself made a friend with the girl next to me but like that's something I I, mean, was, I don't I do, I and was, I
1: understand <laughs> that. that's, that's they're that they're incredible. I mean, some people would say they're coincidences, but you believe. I mean, the, the the issue I would have with a medium though is that if your dad is with the medium, how come the medium doesn't know or didn't know your dad's name?
4: Um, no, he didn't. Yeah, see, that's it. Like that's why I was kind of that's why I would be a little bit skeptical of those kind of things. And I was like, right, but. Like that's not something I would have had on a Facebook page. that he could have researched. That's nowhere online that he could have researched beforehand yeah. or anything. That was like intimate details of my dad's passing that he knew about. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. wasn't something that he could just go. Oh, your dad had brown hair, or your dad wore glasses. But, so but sometimes, like sometimes there. the way they ask
1: it is, that, you know, um, like your 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 dad passed away. Uh, I'm, I'm not. They could be. They could go through a different few types of illnesses until they hit on the right one. None of that happened. No
4: no, this, like this he came out with it straight away like it was so surreal like how he came out with it and he basically then turned around to me and he was like because like you know you'd always question if you're doing the right thing in your life and stuff like that and he was like and oh, by the way your dad's very proud of you like I had my daughter and you know I would have loved for him to have met her and yeah, stuff like that yeah. and he basically at the end he was like oh by the way your dad wants you to know that he is around you and that he's very proud of you and that you're doing the right you're you're doing right like in that kind of way Yeah,
1: I mean so you take great really consolation kind
4: from of that. Yeah. Do you know, so yeah. as I said, that's only a numerous uh, couple of stories, Neil. There's plenty, plenty more. As I said to Seamus on the phone earlier, I could write a book. And no, he's like, well, maybe you he's should write pastor. the book.
1: Maybe you should, because it's a should? topic, you know, there's a topic that many people are interested in. I'm going to do a lot of texts, actually, from uh, from overnight as well. But I'm delighted for you, because you take great consolation from it and the belief that you will meet oh. him again then, yeah?
4: Yeah, oh, definitely. It gives me great comfort. And even then when my nan passed years later... I kind of gave me great comfort that you know, that, that they would be there, that they would meet each other and the whole lot and like, there was a couple of signs even that my nan got that there was a picture of my dad that fell down my nan didn't really have big shoulders but this, a picture of my dad landed right on her shoulder and stuff like that so there's, you know, yeah. <laughs> I could talk to you all morning, Can't yeah, argue
1: with any of those. Thanks a lot, N'Elaine. Take care. No
4: problem, Liam. Much obliged.
1: Uh, this all started with a very short text. I know it might be a bit off the wall but why do people believe in the afterlife? Anyone got a story? I want to believe but find it hard to believe maybe somebody can change my mind mary says my mom saw my sister claire who had passed away a few years previous the week before she died herself suddenly um, now i hope you can follow them my mom saw my sister claire who had passed away a few weeks a few years previously And her mom saw her sister Claire the week before she died herself. All of the clocks in my house stopped the morning she died and a robin appeared in front of me and I just knew something was wrong. My mom had passed suddenly and would have been passed at that stage, but I didn't know it. I firmly believe the robin was her spirit. Many more stories over the years as well, especially during my time spent as a hospice nurse, the stories I could share. 100% our loved ones are always close by, especially at the end. I don't know, Mary, whether you're in a position to tell us some of the hospice stories uh, when you were a hospice nurse um, with people, helping families and helping people who were... in the last stages of life on the 4th of July last year myself and my husband saw a blue butterfly in our back garden I've never seen a blue butterfly before Uh, later that day he was under our car trying to fix it and the car fell on him when all the emergency services were there the blue butterfly passed in front of me and went down towards him on the ground Uh, we believe it was his mum who passed away in December of 2022 watching over him he had broken neck Broken shoulder blade and four broken ribs, but lucky to be alive, says Julie. Uh, Anong says, uh, I'm not very holy, but after my mother died, my life changed dramatically. Many different signs. If I lost something and I pray to her, it turns up every time. I'm not going into detail because people always laugh, but now I know death is not the end. Our loved ones are beside us. We cannot see with our eyes, but we'll know with our heart. My faith is now unshakable and I feel very sorry for those sad people who mock our faith. They are wasting their time. But Adrian says, I don't believe. I don't believe in God. The amount of suffering in our world. How could there be a God? Religion is causing so much conflict in our world today. We die. That's it. It's over. Back after the break, text 0868-104-106. Text or WhatsApp Neil
2: now, 0868-104-106.
0: The Neil
1: Prendeville Show on Red FM. A bizarre text here. I don't know why you'd say something like this to somebody. It ultimately came true. But on New Year's Eve a few years ago, I saw my aunt hug her 16-year-old son and cry, telling him that for some reason she didn't think he would see the new year an extraordinary thing to say to your son he had no medical issues no issues of any sort that could in any way be described as life-threatening four weeks later he suddenly passed away due to an aneurysm how on earth could she have known I admit I don't buy into all of the messages from the afterlife stuff but there's certainly some unknown there when it comes to our relationship with death how would she have had that premonition it's an interesting one it really is on the 24th of November 2016 Neil I died And I saw the other side. I had septicema and all my internal organs had shut down. I died and I saw myself being taken to the hospital just in time. However, uh, I got turned around on the way up and was sent back, as in on the way up to what, like heaven, the afterlife, the next place. uh, And I was sent back. Um, It was a big bright light that I was drawn into. I was taken out of my body and I saw the doctors working on me as a third person would. It gives you a new sense of life. However, what I saw wouldn't be in a rush to go back to. I went back to mass after the experience and it taught me that we do need to repent as people. You are the author of your own destiny. We're spiritual beings having a human experience, not the other way around. I actually believe this is hell on earth. And that's why we need to repent. We were sent down here as lost people and need to find our way back. So that's an outer body experience that somebody has had as people were working on them as if you were above the operating table looking down. But one thing that I'd love if you could develop a little bit more um, this this texture. You say, uh, where's the part? Um, oh yeah. What I saw, would I wouldn't be in a rush to go back. As in what you saw of the next life. Was it more than the big bright light that you were drawn into? Were you going through a tunnel of light or was there more after that? So please do share. Uh, text 868 And just ahead of 10 o'clock, my beloved brother, who was my best friend, passed away in September after a strong battle with an illness. We laid him out at home. For those three days, there were butterflies all over the house. The night before we laid him to rest, I slept in his bed. When I took off my clothes, a butterfly landed on my foot. I woke again to more butterflies all over the house. When we went into the church, there were two butterflies flying around the altar that stayed there for the duration of the entire Mass. When we shouldered my brother out to the graveyard, I was very teary at the front of the coffin. I scanned across the crowd in my teared-up state to try to get some focus in my eyes. At that point... We had to make a movement in the path to the right. Upon making that movement I looked down to the ground to my right-hand side spotted a butterfly that had landed at that split moment on a young long yellow flower extending up from the grave. That grave was that was that of one of my best friends who had passed away in an accident over 20 years ago. When we were going to lower the coffin into the grave there was a sudden ray of sunlight that basically went straight down into the grave along with a sudden, very light scatter of rainfall, which stopped once the coffin was lowered down. When my wife arrived home that night to our house, on the front door was a butterfly perched on the front door at around one in the morning. That butterfly is now perched up on the wall over our landing. I look at it every day, knowing my loving brother is with me and will always be with me, like signs like this. So, um... Butterfly is now perched on the wall over the landing. As in, it's it's still there, or, or or what? I mean, I'm not taking for a moment from your story. I mean, it's incredible because um, you know butterflies and death, and butterflies and burial. We all have those kind of stories. or rays of sunlight? Um, you know, bursting sunlight as the coffin is going into the grave. So, thank you for all of those. Keep them coming. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. If you have a story to share, uh, but you're not in a position to come on air, you can always email Neil at redfm.ie. Afterlife's a very touchy subject, Neil. A near-death experience is one thing that seems to bring people back to believing that there is an afterlife. When the studies of near-death experience are finalised. Uh, I think it will tell an awful lot about the afterlife, afterlife on whether it really does exist or not out of body experiences or another thing people who were able to see themselves on the operating table etc I find the topic fascinating thank you for that text 0868104106 and we'll pick it up after 10
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM conversation that matters.
1: Certainly do, and be part of the conversation on the Neil Prentival Show with Mercedes-Benz Cork. In other news this morning, I'll thank you to Jared. I'll talk to him in a, in a second, but I'm uh, getting some incredible texts coming in with regards to signs from the afterlife. But back down here in the real world, right? Four different communications from the Douglas Grange o area uh, this morning for you. One of them says, Does anyone know if there's anything been done about the gangs hanging around Douglas at the moment? I have it from a few sources. The one particular gang are going around with knives and threatening young kids. This is a huge concern. I understand the guards were called, but nothing could be done because they are minors. It seems absolutely crazy to me. Anne-Marie says my son was one of the lads attacked in the last six weeks and after that his friend was attacked while he was there witnessing it another lad ran into Tesco to security uh, where they then attacked the security guard this is happening before 4pm because my son usually went to the library to do his homework after school there is a group now of about 20 teens aged between 13 and 17 carrying Stanley blades with them I give up. I just give up. And then Kat Kat says, there's a group of kids, likely around 15, that meet um, in an area to fight. Half of them are girls. They all wear hoodies. I've called the guards. Nothing happens. They also walk around the Mangala regularly. And Angela says, up by Grange this afternoon, there were two guys beating each other up and another guy filming the fight. Um, the shops there had to lock their doors because of this sheer thuggery it 's in a small little commercial complex there up in the grange area I, I know it well often drop dry cleaning up to that area and ironing and stuff like that but that's the world we're living in now Stanley blades, huh? Stanley knives and they're 14 and 15 and 16 years old I, I haven't seen it myself I mean I'm in and around Douglas I've never witnessed it myself one of the loveliest things I love to watch is um, the, the queue outside KC's and all of the young people there waiting for their food and chatting and having a good natter and enjoying themselves but notwithstanding Douglas I suppose it won't be any different to any suburb of Cork these days will it? Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back to the phone lines. We got Gerard. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks so much. I know. I know you're a very busy man, so I appreciate you taking the time to share the story. I know I read it out earlier on, and we're going back to November of two thousand and sixteen. Would you mind telling us what happened?
5: Neil, it was, um, like this, right? I I was I was away for a day, right? And I came back. And I felt a flu-like symptoms coming on me, right? So I decided to go to bed. I was on a Sunday night. On a Monday, I was worse. I said it was going to blow over. And on a Tuesday, it got worse. I thought it was going to blow over. Wednesday, it got worse. I thought it was going to blow over. And Thursday, Wednesday, my kidneys started to to stop, but I didn't realise it. No, you wouldn't, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realise it. Um the flu like symptoms, pains, aches, um, all that type to tied up with flu. And on the Thursday morning the wife said, You're going to the doctor. So she rang the doctor. The doctor said she'd be out in twenty minutes. When she saw me, she said, Ambulance straight away.
1: Look, he meant to even get a house call, in fairness to the doctor, yeah. Ambulance straight away. But what though, happened? Forever. Um, the ambulance had come off
5: about 25 mile. I ended up. she I, The last thing I remember saying, "I've given you a shot. You've you've you five minutes to get to the to the hospital." And just going into the hospital, my whole body went into shock. I remember going into shock, shaking, shivering, all that thing, really yeah. jumping. Yeah. And um, I was inside resuscitation. And. I remember saying, the blood pressure is very, very low. Doctor said to me, the blood pressure is so low that it's only 51 over of 37. But after that, I, I started to go um, to job uh, just week and out, week and out. But I was battling, battling, battling. Yeah. I was way through this no need. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
5: Battling, battling. Next thing, Bang. All I remember was coming out of body, looking down. Could see the two doctors and nurse someone else there, and maybe there were three doctors. I went through a light, it, you know, it like a, a, a tunnel of a light, and I didn't want to. Need it. You wouldn't want to come back. From Why? That, so you, well, go I on. Yeah.
1: That's that's the part that I wanted you to develop a bit. You're you're you're, you're looking right. down at them working on you. Yeah? And then yes. you're drawn into a tunnel of light. Correct. You're and like floating. A tunnel of light. You're like floating. And all flo- oh you yeah, floating, right
5: now. Neil, between you and me, I was always sceptical of this type of thing, right? Until it happened to me, right? I was sceptical. Was there a life after? Was there this? Now, when we went through the tunnel, when I came back, right? I saw someone in white. And all I did was pointed back. I went back straight into body, but, and I went back. When I landed into the body, I could still see that I was probably hovering over the body, but I could see three more um, beings, as we call them, okay? Right. Floating around, and when I came home from the hospital after a week and a half. I was five days in intensive care on life support but there were nine hours resuscitating me twelve o'clock in the day I got into the hospital and I didn't get out of resuscitation till nine o'clock at night into the ICU right but at, at, at the meantime the body when, it, when I saw three 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 spirits okay right. and there was two youngsters and a mentally fella. fella. Right? The elderly fella I caught when I came home that he was on a photograph and it was my, gr- my grand on right, who was dead before I was born and the other two were his brothers. My mother thought they could be his brothers that died as children.
1: And could you describe
5: them? I got oh, yeah, quite plainly off a photograph that I saw when I came home. Bang! That's who I saw.
1: But I couldn't describe the other two. But well, when you when you, when, you, when you saw them as as spirits, what do they look like? What do they look like?
5: They, they, they look like ordinary people, right? But they were floating
1: near, Okay, right? okay,
5: floating. Okay, they were not, you know, walking around. It took, looked look like they were floating off off the ground, right? That's how I could see because I was lying down.
1: And um, you, did you talk to the doctors and those that worked on you? Did they ever say to you that you were gone for a period of time, that your heart had stopped? Because that's where they were resuscitating, I suppose. They, they, they,
5: they said to, the doctor said to me, one doctor came down um, when happens happened, I think, at night because they were ready to run me straight down to the ICU, right? Because they had to, to put in a tube into my jugular then, but they were afraid to go to theatre because they didn't know what all the mixing and matching would work. Right. so they went straight down to ICU and they did it below there yeah. I said it to his doctor I was telling him look look they couldn't see anything I could see because the to spiritual eyes at that stage because it's
1: you're gone. But right? did they say you were did the did the doctors confirm with you no. at any stage you were gone? The doctor one doctor came down to the to the
5: ward a couple of days after and she said, I I tell you, I don't know how you survived this to the, she said to the American. She said, If you were any older, you weren't going to survive. But that. did the resuscitation
1: oh, involve having to try and restart your heart? I mean, I will tell you the truth. I do not know. Okay, and why? Why? Why did? Why did somebody point to you to go back? I don't. I don't know. That's that's the that's the mystery, Neil. Could you describe the person in the tunnel who said go back? A white figure
5: dressed in white, and there was a touch of a lime green, very light lime green. Isn't that amazing? uh, It's amazing. I mean, I was one fellow very sceptical
1: of all this. No, I, I accept that. You're telling us as it happened, as you understand it. It's not for the first time. The only difference to other stories that I've heard like this in the past is that the people who were going through the light and the tunnel were in awe of it. They were looking forward to it. They felt elation. They felt as if that they were going to a beautiful place you're telling me something right. entirely different correct
5: no I'm not I said I said that before I, say, I said to Kevin yesterday I said to the place you didn't even want to come back out of oh you didn't want to be sent back no i tell you what Neil it was so peaceful
1: you didn't want to be sent back
5: no 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 I was too glad I didn't want to come you know it was so this was
1: purely—you couldn't describe it, Neil. That's just it. And do you look? Do you look at life differently now, as as a consequence? I wonder. Oh,
5: yes, I do
1: because Neil, people say this
5: and that, but everyone's in to their own belief. But we—we we are wanting people must have. I—I I understand it now. We're not human beings having a spiritual experience or spiritual beings having a human experience.
1: But you but you must be very excited now, having to possess this knowledge of what you went through, that when it is your time, it's gonna be a wonderful thing. And that perhaps there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear.
5: There's nothing to fear. I don't feel anything more I'm I nerves, feeling this
1: feeling that I feel nothing no more mm. Mm. that's an incredible story isn't it um, all, 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 all too often people are sent back that's why we never get the next chapter from those that keep going you yeah. see you know what I mean so, yeah, we, can, we don't we don't um, we don't understand
5: you know once you keep going then no one
1: get to go that's back right Wh- why do you say that and these are your words that you actually believe that we are on this planet in hell, and if we repent or if we're good people, there are better things awaiting us. Well,
5: the way I put it, with, with repentance, right? Repentance means to, to turn around, right? And, and 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 change your life, right? Now, when you look at it, I I I did, I people do not believe in. in Reincarnation, okay? But I think re-inca- reincarnation
1: is the Yeah, I often wonder about reincarnation because when reincarnation, you come back again, but you never know that you've come back again. Do you get me? Does that sound very complex? Yeah, right. Like, I would like to know, you know, like if this is my last life or my first, let's say it's my last life, and last, last life I was here eight times before. I don't know what the other eight occasions were. So it's irrelevant reincarnation, really, isn't it? Because you don't know of the past that you had.
5: No, but often people would say, to, you'd, rather, you'd say to us, uh, like a child, right? Do you know, he's like some fellow
1: that was around before. Do you know, people right. would be smart. That's him. right, yeah, that's you know, true, that's true. It, it's, you no, know, it's. An old head I and young shoulders, it, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah, all that. Do you know, it does a lot to be said for Neil.
1: Amazing story, amazing story, Jared. Thank you so much for sharing that. I hope it'll prompt other car- calls from people. But um, uh, I was going to, I was going to call people. you. I was going to call you a lucky man, not for what you went through with the guys to the septicemia and and dying and coming back, but for experiencing what you did. You're a lucky man.
5: Oh yeah, you know, I I just mean I, I couldn't believe that I was the one I know at being sent back. All right, but
1: other people have probably have the same experience. But they don't come out about it. Appreciate you yeah. sharing. Thanks, Jared. Look after yourself. Thank you so right. much. Have Take care. You. Take Thank care you yourself. Text me six eight one zero four one zero six. Actually, you know what? When I came back from my holidays uh, in Thailand, uh, and at some stage I will tell you more about the the Thai experience. Maybe on Friday, I'll be day for that. When I came back, I had the most beautiful gift here awaiting me. A beautiful boxed gift that was sent to me by presentation bindings. They're up in Kilberry. In the IDA business park there and they sent me a lovely gift and a little note with it saying I hope this gift finds you well so sorry to hear about the passing of your father Tim in September I heard you speaking on air about him and about personalised books of condolences uh, I hope you enjoy reading the lovely messages and they sent me the most beautiful bound book uh, hard covered book uh, large one now uh, with with gold Uh, little ornamentation on the four corners of it and inside in it is every single RIP message that people put up on the RIP after my father passed away and it's beautifully laid out in book fashion, it's absolutely gorgeous I remember talking on air some months back saying that I think that if you wish it um, your funeral director or the funeral home will have them printed off and and get them and, and, and package them nicely for you but this is just a beautiful, beautiful production. It's a gorgeous book of condolence. And I want to thank everybody at uh, Presentation Bindings for sending it to me. Um, if it's something you might want to get done yourself, check them out yourself because they do wonderful, wonderful work. And yesterday was, it was a big day yesterday because um, Hickey's uh, memorials out in Ahrle, um finally put uh, my father's name and all of the details up on the, on the, on the headstone. Uh, and I went down yesterday. It was a lashing rain. It was howling wind. It was an awful day. Uh, But uh, it was lovely to see uh, my father and my mother up on the uh, on the gravestone together again, as the fella says. And they did a beautiful job. I wonder do many people get little um, ceramic photographs as well put on the on the headstone? They're a lovely thing. I think that the ceramic headstone will only cost you something in the region of 120 euro if you have it as an extra. Uh, But it was nice yesterday, and I suppose it 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 is almost like bringing things to a final closure. Really, in some ways, isn't it? When you see the name. Uh, on the headstone uh, but I pass that on for what it's worth text 0868104106 call- sorry Owen after the break thank you
2: call Neil now 0818104106 the
0: Neil Prenderville show on
1: Red FM and you can text 0868104106 to the phone lines we go and this has a television aspect to it Owen good morning morning Neil alright my friend what do you got for me this morning a thing called Life After Death a Netflix series, yeah. series. is it worth watching is it yeah, first of all, you know, I'd just like to say, you know,
6: I'm a complete sceptic of, you know, the afterlife. I would be. Um, my wife would probably differ in that regard. But mm-hmm. my wife actually made me watch a film, on, or not a film, a series on Netflix. And it's it's obviously called Life After Death with Tyler Henry. Now, he's a medium. He's actually quite famous in Hollywood. Okay, yeah. And he, claimed, he claims to be able to be able to contact, you know, the deceased.
1: See, the minute you say a famous medium in Hollywood, my uh, suspicious antenna goes up straight away, you know?
6: Yeah, true, true. And I'd be sceptical too, but my wife actually, you know, she forced me to watch it because I was saying the same about scamming and, you know. Well, he doesn't actually, like he doesn't actually like meet these people to the day so like he'd be introduced to people on the side so like there could be someone else like inter- he introduced them to the friends that he, that he doesn't know that's turning up you know yeah no, will we,
1: uh, we, we have a listen to a little bit of the promo yeah yeah and I'll probably just give you one example
6: I watched one episode of it and it was um, one couple he meets and as soon as he gets in he starts coughing you know, so people are like, you know, is there allergy or water, what's going on? And then they offer him, obviously, as you would have guessed, they offer him like a glass of water, you know, just to help him with the coughing. And he says, oh, no, I'm OK. And then, you know, they say, are you sure? And then he goes, OK, I'll have the I'll have the glass of water. So he takes the glass of water and uh, then he talks about, he goes, does heat mean anything to you and stuff? And they're like, no, heat doesn't mean anything to us. And then they said, is, is, has someone died past from a fire or anything? Has does, does fire mean anything? And they're like, no, no. So they kind of go, all right, he's getting that wrong. And then every other question he talks about with deceased ones, then he ends up getting right about them. They're like, yes, that's right. That's right. This is right. That is right. And, you know, it's kind of like, okay. Anyway, anyway, it's cut the short. Anyway, the very next day, anyway, the, the couple's house is like completely
1: burnt to the ground like this is literally within 24 hours
5: but how
7: do so you know how like- do you
1: let, let's let's have a let's have a listen to uh, the the promo of this hang on
7: is there a herald that's, that's my grandfather that <laughs> it? it's, it's always creepy when that happens <laughs> i keep getting kind of a famous feeling like you're right on there is a reference to someone finding a spot on an x-ray of our lungs how did you know that like you felt the spot? <laughs> My job as a medium is to deliver messages. I can't stress enough how proud she is of you. I receive impressions. I get very small tidbits of details that I have to interpret and make sense of. This is the crime scene. Do you get the feeling of anything? This is absolutely coming through as a hit and run feeling to me. The answers I give to others, I so badly could benefit for myself three years ago my mom discovered that she was taken as a baby the woman who i actually thought was my mother was a murderer i want to learn more about what happened to my mom's family she could have had a completely different life and that was taken from her by this criminal i know i'm not like her i know i'm a good person As a medium, my life is defined by moments of trying to help people find a sense of peace. This is not a goodbye. This is just to see you later. For him to come give me so much hope is what I need in my life. For my mom, I want her to get as close as she can to a sense of closure. All it would take is one person to come through and just give me the answer, but it doesn't work that way. And in this case, it's just too close to home. It's such a gift that Tyler has. I never thought that I would get this experience. Everything he said was spot on. We are not forgetting (laughs) that.
1: Do you want to know everything? Yeah, Owen. Whatever floats your boat, man. But it sounds very Hollywoody, very choreographed, heavily edited stuff to me. You know, a lot of that television stuff, it's all fakery and edited and choreographed and rehearsed, you know? I don't know. It's just
6: its, just, it's too much of a coincidence. Like, it's, like, I don't think someone like him who's making that amount of money would, you know... Start, start a fire if that's what you mean. No, no I don't know what I, perfect, I don't know what right. I mean
1: because I haven't seen it and you have, but it's just I don't know. It's yeah. just the whole production of it. Like, just,
6: this, guy, this guy is making this guy is making absolute fortune out there. He wouldn't go to those extremes. You know what I mean? so yeah, but like that kind of made me question it, you know. But like, oh, far, like, oh it's more far It's more farfetched to say that you know he would he would start a fire or he would go to that links and it's a coincidence. That, yeah, but I know, but you know, it's, a, it's
1: it's a bit a, like mentalists or magicians, right? I think I think Dynamo is probably the most incredible individual I've ever seen. Uh, do you know Dynamo? Right? Yeah. Oh, I think he's just awesome, but. There's no magic in it. It's it's practice, practice, practice. Light a hand and the mind, and 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 deceiving the eye. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but yet yet it's a yet 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 for me, he is fantastic to watch the things that he can achieve. Um, but it's a production. Do you know what I mean?
6: It is a production. It is a production. But like, <laughs> I'd like to see someone walk into a room and start getting the you know the stuff he gets right, right? Like it's pretty spot on with people. Do you know what I mean? But is, is there any... Yeah, you I, know, th- I think the guy's got a gift. I don't know. If it's, it's probably it's probably not the afterlife, but he's definitely got a gift of, you know, getting the right information out of people. What about you know, cold reading? Don't they like use that?
1: the technique of cold reading? Um, you know, psychics and fortune tellers and mediums. They wouldn't have any prior knowledge, but they practice where they can quickly get a lot of information, analysing a person's body language, asking the right question... You know, their hairstyle, their, you know, ethnicity, thing, things like that, that th- they can be led... A- yeah, that's th- true. And there, and there are loads of scammers out there, but this guy
6: is, like, getting them spot on. One, after, like, you know, one, two, three, four, he's getting all the stuff right. You know, you're, those kind of people are going to get at least, you know, like the White Witch and Cove. You're going to get, like, my wife went over that, you know, she... Most of that didn't happen, you know, nothing was right, nothing came up. <laughs> but you for know, you as saying, a... S- like, you know, you'll, you'll have twins, you'll have this, you'll have that, and, like, none of, the, none of it was
1: factual... But this chap—if
6: you actually watch the series, you, you might actually. I know, like, and, and I get that. It, okay? And I'm only For listen. Sure.
1: I'm only challenging you. You've seen it. I haven't. Mm. And I'm talking in a complete vacuum. You're right.
6: Yeah, but and I, I'm, I'm the same as yourself. I'm trying. Like when I watch the series, I'm, I, I'm kind of thinking, "Well, how scam-wise can he have gotten all that right? How could he read them? How could he?" You know, is he looking at the finger for a ring or a ring mark? Or you know, I know what you're saying. But That's the
8: cold reading.
6: Guy, if you actually watch it, is
8: yeah, yeah. Okay, it's just, all
6: right. We're checking out. Definitely got something. We're checking out. All right, thanks, John. But, but I suppose, it, but yeah, but I think if you, even though it and stuff, you know, there's no evidence. That there's God, you know. So it's 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 in the same lines. But everyone goes to church on a
1: Sunday, mm. you know. Mm. Mm. So True it all enough. boils down to that. I think. True enough. Okay, good man. Actually, thank you for that. Much obliged. Check it out, lads. It's called Life After Death with a chap by the name of. Ty- Henry, somebody says, Bernadette tells me that I'm completely misunderstanding reincarnation. Reincarnation is about gaining wisdom, not knowing or remembering former lives. It's about gaining wisdom and it's about evolving. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of understanding where you're going with that and I appreciate that. Thank you. Colin, good morning. Good morning. Earlier conversation with Gerard, yours could be somewhat similar to this, um, and it goes back about thirty years, does it?
9: Yeah, no, good morning Neil. I had a kidney transplant thirty years for September. Um, what can I say? It's a bit like the gentleman that you spoke to already, Gerard. Yeah. I was on the, I was on the, uh, yes, I was on the table. I could see the surgeons working on me. I was at ceiling level. I was drawn to this white light where. I was quite happy to go towards the quite light. It was a beautiful place. There was um, an old man and an old woman. And it's just a small bit further than what you went with, Jared Because I was quite happy to go towards them. I couldn't recognize them, but I could recognize them as a man and a woman, but they were elderly. Right. And they said, uh, look, it's not your time. You have to go back. And I didn't want to go back. But they said, you have to go
1: back. So do you, and- do you remember their voice. So was it the was it the elderly man or the elderly woman that spoke with you?
9: I can't remember which one spoke to me. Um like they were both saying the same thing basically. Um because I remember telling my father and he said, Oh, would you recognise them as his parents? And I couldn't, but they were definitely an old man and an old woman. Um I suppose they just said, Look, it's not your time, you have to go back and you know after kidney transplant you're very weak when you wake up and a woman surgeon in Beaumont came around the day after and she said how are you I said I'm looking very weak she said Colin it was a tough operation you lost half your blood uh, we had to give you a lot of blood and it was a slow recovery but look here I am 30 years later so um
1: can I just pick up oh. on one aspect of it you said that you were drawn to this beautiful light, you wanted to go there, uh, was there any thought process that as to why you wanted to leave your wife and your family and your loved ones and you were happy to leave them? Well, I was married at the time, I was only 24. Okay. But, um, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it,
9: yeah, it's... I don't know, it's just that you just want to go there. Right? It's like peace, it's like... It's like just another world. It's like people probably think you're crazy when you tell them because I told this um, farmer myself and I told another farmer and he said, I said, look, I was under anaesthetic. Was it anaesthetic? And he said, a bull attacked me in the field. I was under no anaesthetic. I had the exact same experience. And who's making
1: so. the mistake? Is it that as the next life made the mistake and sent you back or, or what? How could it happen that it's not your time?
9: Um, see that is what I can't understand like I'm a bit sceptical of the whole thing sometimes I feel when it's over it's over and then these things happen like on another example uh, I used to know this guy who trained me for a job years ago um, and I went to this drama night in Kilmean in sort of Rossmore. it's in West Cork and as I walked towards it I was with my son and even though I was at his funeral I never see where he was buried. So as I walked along, I just happened to look in to the graveyard and I saw his headstone. And I said, gee, that's where Donald is buried. And I just stopped and blessed myself. And as I walked in then, who did I meet inside? Was his wife, his widow, giving me a ticket for an entrance ticket and to my son. And... Then there's a draw at the end of the night. A hundred euro for first and fifty for second. And who got the 100 prize? Only myself. Who got the second prize? Only my son. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was like, I felt, if I didn't stop and bless myself, and, you know, it was like, as if to say, I'm here. Do
1: you know what I mean? It's oh, actually, crazy. somebody somebody rigged a raffle from the next life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. That's amazing. So this light that you were going through, um, you didn't get to the end of it or anything. You didn't see anything beyond the light. No, definitely okay. not. It's okay. like that the woman and the man are facing you. You see this beautiful
9: light. You want to go there. And you are right. Like, I have a loving family. I didn't. You'd say, why would you want to leave? That's like it. Sometimes if I see a young child getting killed and it's desperate for the parents, I'm thinking, would the child not prefer to be with the parents than to be in heaven? So it's very hard to explain. But oh, I suppose, look, they said it wasn't your time. I okay. came back. Okay. I'm still here. Um so, I don't know. It's hard to add to that, but it's that mystery, isn't it?
1: Yeah. One quick one for you here. I got it. You're a farmer. I got a text in earlier on saying, just wondering, Neil, why you have not mentioned on one single occasion about the farmers' protests all over Europe. 100,000 tractors are blocking roads to save the future of our food supplies. Are you now so controlled that you won't inform people of real problems? What does that text mean?
9: I suppose out in France, you know, there. I I don't think it's about price this time it's 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 probably regulation on top of regulation on regulation and i suppose they're just unhappy and the french farmers were always uh to the forefront of protesting and i think they want the media here to sort of you know say it as it is yeah. you know and it's probably going it's not being mentioned on the news and they want it mentioned on the news yeah. but Look, I don't think myself blocking up roads doesn't do any advantage.
1: Okay. After you know, okay. So, are you are you a dairy farmer? Or are you in? Are you into beef or what? Or pigs? Or what do you know?
9: Uh, I grew up in a dairy farm, and um, at that time, milk quarters you couldn't get into milk. So I went into sucklers, where you have a, a suckler cow that's um, breeding a calf, and the calf is nine months. And now I'm doing something different. I'm Doing contract rearing, where the I take in baby calves from a dairy farmer, and they go back at two years of age, and it's it's just an easier life. Yeah, you know, it's
1: um, are yeah, yeah, yeah. not as tied down to milking twice a day. Yeah. What are the challenges the farmers who are into dairy or into beef facing? Price, I suppose. Is it? Uh, I suppose the biggest, uh, the
9: biggest. Um, thing facing the dairy farmer this is a crazy time on a dairy farmer I'm helping guy at the moment and it's very full on because you're up at night you're calving cows you're working during the day and it's it's the one time a dairy farmer wants to walk away from the whole thing Um, biggest problem facing dairy farmers is labour shortage nobody wants to do the work I've worked this week this past weekend now Saturday Sunday bank holiday Monday only
1: because the farmer was sick so they're wrecked from it it, they're just carrying they're carrying the weight themselves and no help yeah, the, the young people they want their weekends
9: off. Dairy farming, like dairy farming, is fine in the summertime, but just this time now at the moment, it's you're like a doctor on call. You know, there's animals that will care at any hour of the day, and you have to be there for them.
1: So, is it sons and sons and also daughters who don't want to take over the farm? Is it? They have another loose, yeah. They have another career plan. Yeah, well, I suppose.
9: If you're well educated, you can get a, a job earning eighty, hundred grand a year, no problem. You'd want a good farm to make that, yeah. and you will have your weekends off. Yeah, you know I, know, I know, I
0: know.
9: It, it, it's the the wives as well. And I'm not blaming women as such, but you know, if you have a son that stays home farming, his wife doesn't really want to be tied to farm twenty four seven either. You know, so. That's,
1: saw a fella, yeah, that's I saw. F- I know it's tough. No, tough. I saw a fella the other day. I was coming back from Kerry, and I was on the McCroom bypass. It was absolutely torrential with rain. It was dark. It was about half five. It was very wet. It was awfully windy, and there was this man. He was a farmer in a field with a sheepdog on his own. He had a big yellow um, uh, waterproof on him, and he was trying to t- trying to fix a gap in a f- in a fence. You know, and it, like it was bucking him down on top of him and I felt I felt awfully sorry for him. I said, Oh my God, that's gotta be the hardest job in the world. Well like I to be honest now if it was blashing rain outside
9: I'd be slow to do that job in the rain, to be honest. You Maybe know, he you had I, you'd
1: to. pick your Maybe it was an emergency, but there he was nonetheless. You know? Yeah. Tough Yeah look man. it is tough. It's but
9: look, it's in your blood, you know, I'd find it hard to do anything else. You know, I wouldn't like to be in an office all day. I loved outdoor life and you know, it it depends. Um, mm. I suppose the hardest guy, the fellow i have pity for really, the guy that's maybe around the 80 cow mark, he's milking the cows 10 months of the year without a break unless he get somebody in. I know. The guy maybe at 200 cows can afford a full time man and he is, you know, while you have a very busy spring, he has that bit of time often because there's someone there, you know? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You wouldn't find a lot of farmers then in the. Yeah, area you're talking about where they're all on their own taking a break and going off to the sun for a couple of weeks like
9: sorry you're saying that, that, on,
1: that yeah. I, I, well, I would go on sorry I'm just saying that there wouldn't be there would be a fair amount of farmers who can't go on a summer holiday
9: um, I suppose look it has improved the new generation have improved um, the, the biggest thing they will go if they can get the help but that's the problem because I suppose the new the new generation of wives want to go away and rightly so you need a break mentally and everything yeah. now, I would have heard a dairy farmer getting into cows a few years back and he said to his son whatever you do don't milk the cows seven days a week and I said that's a very lazy thing to say to his son but he was actually right yeah. because you just get burnt out Yeah, burnt you out. Know, you need you need that break because otherwise you won't stay at it
1: you know alright my man listen we covered a lot this morning I'm a, I'm a little bit more clued in now than I was before our chat but thank you for that and also on the afterlife body experience thank you so much Colin appreciate it no problem I'll yeah, so. we'll let you get back to it thank you you wanted to jump in there yeah it's
8: just it. because you were talking about luck you know and how lucky that Jared must have felt that he was able to have that experience and it actually reminded me of the amazing story I don't know have you ever heard about the story about this guy in Australia um, a 37 year old at the time a guy called Bill Morgan he was a truck driver um, he got in a bad accident that he survived but the medication he gave him resulted in heart problems have you ever heard this story no, this no. is an amazing story right? he ended up um, having a heart attack his heart stopped he was clinically dead for 14 minutes he was revived from that so he said okay well you know it's gone long enough I need to propose to the girlfriend right this is the time I need to propose to the girlfriend right so the girlfriend says yes that's fine they're celebrating so to celebrate they decide to go out and buy a scratch card so you can see where this is going <laughs> They ended up winning $17,000 Australian On the scratch card Right So that piqued the interest Of a local t- TV station He said This is an amazing story Guy clinically dead Turned his life around the media karma You know Bought a scratch ticket So they said to him Look would you mind Going out and buying A scratch ticket And, and kind of showing us So that we can use it For the B-roll When we're talking over it And what happens He won again <laughs> the audio's in your hotkeys if you want to play it it is unbelievable the, the TV how camera how do you know it are, wasn't set up I, well they can just set, you can't set up a state lotto can you I mean that's kind of technically fraud so I don't know if they can necessarily do that but he ended up winning another uh, what was it 369,000 Australian dollars or 350,000 US. this audio is a bit scratchy because it comes from a VHS but I think it's worth playing it's unbelievable including the moment where he won his second scratch card in front of the entire TV crew
10: ...at Scratchy two weeks ago. It was testimony to dramatically changing fortune since the 37-year-old truck driver was crushed in an accident 12 months ago. He then developed a heart condition, suffered an allergic reaction to the drug administered to treat it. His heart stopped for 14 minutes. While revived, he slipped into a coma for 12 days and his family was advised to turn off his life support.
6: When I was lying in hospital and thought, gee, I mightn't survive this, I'm only
11: 37 and at 37 I, I've got so much to look forward to.
10: He didn't know it but that included an engagement, a new job, the new car and even more good luck when we asked Bill to reenact buying his scratchy ticket. I just
6: won
11: 250,000. <laughs> I'm not joking. You're not, are you? I just won 250,000.
0: You have to. Oh. Congratulations are you? Bill. Oh, how are you? Fantastic. Another oh.
10: Bill had told the agency owners he'd keep buying scratches until he won the cash. Can you believe this man's luck? No. <laughs> I'm in shock. I'm still shaking. <laughs> For a man who last year lived in a caravan, the sudden windfall inspired dreams he wanted to share with his fiance. I won
9: 250,000, honey. I have. I have. We got that new house. Believe <laughs> it
1: or not. And the only thing I can say about that is a quarter of a million is fine, but there's another couple of zeros on it, it would have been 2.5 million. But I suppose, you know, that's just the greedy person in me coming out. Anyway, text 0868104106. My apologies to Ashling, who's been waiting an age. Ashley, good morning.
12: Hi,
13: Neil! How are you?
1: Sorry for holding you you have uh, polka dot dreaming bridal hair specialists right That's so you one, work yeah. with uh, with brides preparing for the big day
13: exactly yeah, so I go to the bride's house or the bridal suite and I obviously look after the brides and the bridal party and the mums and a couple of um flower girls. But when you were talking about signs of the afterlife, um, a huge thing, like I'm in this business 26 years. Yeah. And like, of course, you have brides that their parents might have passed or a friend or a, or a brother or sister. And the amount of butterflies or even robins that can appear at specific times on wedding mornings is unbelievable believable and the peace that it brings to like families it's just so powerful because obviously it's um it's obviously a very exciting it's obviously a very exciting day but emotions can be a little bit tainted if there's a love to one not there
1: yes and the but- bride would probably be saying to herself Oh, it would be great if mum was here to see this day. Yeah. It would be great if dad. 100%. Was
13: here to see this day. Yeah, I actually remember uh, last summer I was doing a wedding down in West Cork and the bride was getting into her dress and the window was open and a butterfly just flew in. And like, I can keep my emotions to a certain point, but I just lost it. I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And the bride was just going, oh my God. Oh my God, it was just such a beautiful moment for like her and her family. You know, it's just, it's a very simple thing. I'm not religious in the slightest, but I do believe that loved ones send um, signs, be it smaller things or like even... A scent of a perfume or something. Yeah, something I've had that myself, actually, like my
1: mother's scent of perfume. And I often, in, in years and years ago, used to, from not often, but from time to time, get the scent of my grandfather's Mick McQuaid pipe tobacco. Those, yeah, those kind of things. Yeah, it's it's,
13: yeah, and it's those little things just bring back memories of people that have passed, but they're still sort of there in some sort of in some yeah. in some sort of spirit and would you, mode. would
1: you say but, to the bride, I see this a lot,
13: yeah, one hundred percent, yeah, yeah, and normally, when I meet my brides for their um sort of bridal hair um trial, if there is a loved one that has passed they we they will always say it which is great because yeah. at least I at like it's because at at least I have that knowledge yeah. going in but there's always signs on like a lot of like wedding mornings that yeah. like there's a loved one there and it's really really um, peaceful for the family
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't you recognising your voice. Didn't you work with Pam and Sobie Brown years ago?
13: I did. Oh my yeah. God, that's and the well, one so same, well, Ashley. I did,
1: yeah. I haven't seen, you? I seen <laughs> you in 15 years, I'd say. I
13: haven't seen you in years too. <laughs> oh my God. That's good.
1: Listen, I'm going to get into go. an awful lot of trouble here. now. I'm going I'm to pose a question and it's nothing to do with you nor Pam or anybody, but it does have okay. to do with hair and makeup on the day of a wedding, okay. right? So you guys, yeah. as in you do the bridal hair on the morning, yeah. others then will come in and do the makeup. I heard a story years ago, some years back from a makeup artist who does exactly what you do and they go in on the morning and she was comparing north side brides to south side brides. Now, you don't have to go there if you don't wish to but she said to me that there's a huge difference between families on the north side and a bride on the north side and families on the south side and a bride on the south side. I am not saying this lads, this is the story what I was tell She She said that on the north side there'd be food and there'd be tea and there'd be coffee and there'd be all sorts of crack going on and if you were a bridal, if you were a makeup artist or doing the hair, you'd be coming away with sandwiches and food and and gifts and big tips and all sorts of things and she said that on the south side you begin doing the makeup for the bride and <laughs> the the southsiders would say you'd never you'd never mind if we just squeeze the mother-in-law in here as well or would you give this person a little touch up and that person a little touch okay, up okay, you, you wouldn't okay. get you wouldn't get tea or coffee nor a tip on the south side do you do okay. you have any do you have anything to add to that
13: well, you're after putting me on the spot now. And I'm like, oh, no, Jesus Christ. But right. So I'm going to come at that going. So, like, in regards to um, any bride on the morning going, can you squeeze in, like, an extra person? I, myself would normally try but 90% of the time we can't and that's because we are on a very oh, know, specific time uh, that, frame know, but, but, they,
1: but they'd never ask you to do that on the north side but they would chance their arm would, on the south side
13: Neil anyone would whether you're from north, south, east, west <laughs> west Cork, anyone will ask you that. Like, honest to God, I could write a book. I could write an absolute book. And, and it doesn't
2: matter what she said part to me, of the
1: world she said to you're me that she. From. She said to me she admired somebody's shoes when she was doing the makeup on the north side. And you won't turn around and say, Take them away, so you're the same size as me. You can have them, go uh, on, go on, go on. And go on. imagine that poor makeup artist leaving
13: bare barefooted then. Wouldn't <laughs> she be beautiful? <laughs> I'm only asking. No, I'm you mentioned asking. Sarah about tips, yeah, right? So, yeah. like, it's very rare that you get a tip in a bridal morning. And the reason behind that, and it makes total sense, is that it is an expensive service because it's such a... Uh, It's such a specialised service that we as hair and makeup provide. So tips wouldn't be a huge thing. So I would never, ever worry about like brides thinking that they have to tip like you don't because the bill is quite a high bill. Obviously, the more people you have, the higher the bill it is so it is, I wouldn't yeah, be yeah. worrying about tips yeah. or anything like that and I have got fed by both families <laughs> on the north and the <laughs> south side yeah. I, go on, I go <laughs> so on. It, go it
1: is expensive you know the average, I'm way over time here but the average budget for a wedding in 2024 including the honeymoon would you hazard a guess there see if you're anywhere close no, to No, no
13: because Twi- I know I'll be totally off
1: <laughs> 29,624 euro 29 and a half grand it's insane Yeah, It's
13: insane money? Anyway. When you have lovely hair, so. <laughs> well,
1: we all know where people should get their bridal hair done and it's from Polka Dot Dreaming Bridal Hair Specialist. Nice one, Ashley. Great go. chatting with Thanks you.
2: Thanks so much, Neil. Take, Take care. care.
1: I... Check her out on social. Text or
2: WhatsApp Neil now. 0868 104 106.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM.
1: i just jumping in. Mad busy this morning. We'll come back to other aspects uh, after 11, including the cost of a wedding, actually. I just touched on that. But you were talking about that IMU watch earlier on that you can give to your child and it's just got your number on it and it's got GPS and all sorts of things it's called the IMOO watch got a few texts on that uh, it's 129 euro excluding delivery on their own website it's called IMOO hi can you not just get your child a Nokia feature phone for 60 euro uh, it looks like a very basic phone with no internet but they certainly will be contactable so the old Nokia feature phone is another one a few months before my dad died I joked with him that after he dies, he should mess with the television to let me know that he's still around. About a week after he died, my television, smart TV, fairly new, started going on and off by itself, like someone was messing with the remote. Make of that what you will, says P. Absolutely. Well, I know what you make of it. It was your dad, and it was a sign. Okay, text 0868104106. We'll pick up on the conversations after a little. The Neil
0: Prenderville Show on Red FM conversation that matters.
1: All right, uh, by text. Uh, If I remember correctly, Neil, the question that was asked by your texter was, show me proof of the afterlife, not stories from people who have stories. Um, Do you not think that tunnels of white lights and hovering over your body and moving on and meeting somebody is proof of an afterlife? Anyway, uh, to me, those mediums you talk of are akin to confidence tricksters who go to vulnerable people's doors and swindle money out of them in some way. Here we go again with robins and butterflies always symbolic of death and the afterlife and always used by Mediums, because they are rare. When they appear at appear at times of grief and vulnerability, they're always taken as signs. But why not crows or flies? It's because they're not elegant, and they're too abundant to link them to signs of the afterlife. Says Philip. In fact, don't you think there are so many dead in the world that it would be more likely to be crows and flies? Uh, and what about the millions of people who've had people pass away and no one ever comes back to give them any signs are there that many people living that are unloved by those who passed over come on now neil the question was show us proof you won't get any call or text of any such evidence as there is none says philip in the city Uh, what type of selfish person god is if we only praise him he will so-called save us. How many people have been killed in the name of God? Stop and ask yourself that. Um, Anthony says, maybe there is an afterlife of a spiritual nature, but that does not mean that there is a particular God somewhere in all of this. And that is where all wars have been and begun by humans. They all have their own belief in how God is portrayed And that, of course, is the worldwide problem. A friend of mine recently put an anniversary memoriam in the examiner. It was a passport-sized photo and a few sentences, a lot less than what they had wanted to say. Um, If they had put in what they would have wanted to say in the examiner, it would have cost them €1,400 for what they wanted originally. The shortened version cost €760. I think this is a ridiculous amount to be charged at a time when you were at your most vulnerable and at a time when you are just capable of thanking everyone and appreciating people's help please don't give up my details but this is an insane amount of money well a passport size photograph and a few sentences does seem like a lot of money uh, for 760 euro I don't know why it would be so small, small and tiny I, I accept there's a photograph but we live in very modern technological days now when you know a digital photograph can be just uploaded quite quickly and, and things like that but i don't know um 1400 euro if they'd put in everything they wanted to say 760 euro for a passport size photograph and a few sentences strikes me as a lot of money uh, your thoughts are welcome on that one Just about the life after death, I was in a very bad relationship. Not many people knew. My aunt, who I was very close with, knew something was going on, but I'd never tell her because she was sick at the time. Two or three days after my aunt had passed away, I had a dream. It was her screaming into my ears, saying, Get away from him. Get away from him. He will kill you. He will kill you. She was screaming. Her voice was so clear. I woke up in a bog of sweat thinking I was crazy. It is something that will stick with me forever. Now, thank you for that, but many people listening and me including included are wondering, did you take your aunt's advice? maybe you'd like to share text 0868104106 now I don't want to keep uh, Azim uh, too long I was talking earlier on about I don't have the actual text in front of me now but I was talking about carry on and Douglas and fights and Stanley knives and kids age 14 15 and 16 uh, and I read out about four or five different texts from people who were troubled by it uh, Azim good morning uh, good morning. Thank okay. you. Okay, so I'm I'm actually just endeavouring to find those texts right now. While you while you tell me, oh, I have them here. Does anyone know if there's anything been done about the gangs hanging around Douglas? Um, one gang in particular are going around with knives, threatening young kids. It's a huge concern. Anne Marie said they're aged between 13 and 17, and they're carrying Stanley blades with them. That's just a couple of them. What can what what can you describe? What did you see?
14: Well, in my case, it was uh, uh, kind of extremely disturbing um, because it wasn't, to be honest, a gang of teenagers, let's say 16, 17 years of age. But in front of Costa, a week ago, uh, kids, a group of kids aged 10, 10-ish up to 13, 14 maybe, uh, they attacked a boy kind of such a, in a kind of cruel way that they wouldn't back off her. For no reason. Okay, and this is you know, Costa Coffee
1: at Douglas Village Shopping Exactly.
14: Okay. On the day night, you know,
1: full of people,
14: the boy just walking in its own, very nice, quiet boy, and and they attack him. So they start bleeding from his mouth. Uh, I went outside, and a couple of others as well. They they start uh, 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 you know interviewing. I went outside with my friend. I, I was drinking coffee, and uh, kind of they, they went away for for, for some. For a bit, for, uh, uh, for some time, but then I kind of because they wanted to come even inside. I mean, there was such a um, such a such a kind of in that sense. That they have no fear. Like even I was standing there. I'm I'm small, the middle kind of built, and I I don't get intimidated easily because they're kids at the end of the day. So you but intervened
1: then, and they backed off for a while. Is that what you're saying? Well, they backed off kind of, but not really. They wouldn't
14: be afraid. I mean, not 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 afraid, but they wouldn't care if if I was there or others as well okay. and so one, one of them or two I mean I saw one of them but later on because people were recording uh, two of them they, they pulled a knife kind of like, kind of kind of uh, uh, Swiss, Swiss type knife something like that I didn't
1: pay attention people are describing because, but, them as Stanley blades
14: uh, no Stanley blade. I had um, a group of other kids uh, by the by, by the park some, somewhere near, near, near the park in Douglas that was this guy I, I had that as well but those no those was kind of uh, there's a video recording by because the guys were called later some, something kind of but maybe I didn't pay attention but that that minute I didn't care much what they had in, in their hands so I, I was focused in the way how they behaved and that, how they could attack someone for, for no reason whatsoever now. Mm-hmm. and I mean one of them as well because my harsh accent would say was through kind of kind of uh, racist uh, chance, like say, go home. whatever. Oh, they like, were being know. racist towards
1: I... you because you're of Turkish hey, origin. No, I'm not Turkish origin. I'm Albanian origin, but yeah, Albanian, I mean, my apologies. They were telling you yeah. go home. Okay,
14: okay. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, twenty years, or more than twenty years. I, mean, I know. Yeah. Sure that I know. wouldn't bother me. That wouldn't bother me at all. But it bothers me the way how they act. So it means they, they. I mean, if they, if they grew up in kind of environment like. Uh, with 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 such a thinking, like for someone else, or hanging around with knives and attacking others, and I mean, it's that these kids—they're supposed to be at school or at home or playing out there. I mean, it's today they attack a kid for no reason, but tomorrow they can attack a,
1: when you, a, a woman or. Oh, kid. absolutely! But when you challenge them, at some stage, two of them pulled out knives. Exactly, one of them—at least one of them—I saw, but then. It was a
14: recording from, 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 from other guys at and, and, uh, CCTV. Uh, another member of staff from Costa in fairness, a young boy, interviewed as well. I mean, you, okay, it, yeah, it, it, you and others. So. You,
1: took the, you took the injured lad inside, did you?
14: Yeah, exactly. I took and I cleaned his, his blood and I, I, we gave a warm drink and water. I called his father. His father came later and He thanked me. He got in touch a couple of days later that his son is doing very fine. The guards... I had to go but the guards came an hour too late I had uh, to, when I went back to Costa to then coffee the guards came they said we'll get in touch next day or two so they we have nothing and it's kind of like worse I mean that, that that's a bit worse as well because I know there are kids, but then uh, I thought it would be kind of uh, uh, follow up. Or,
1: or, or you mm, the guy, the it, dad, would it, be very interested in the Garda Shikona investigating. But did the lad tell you why they picked and why they?
14: Exactly. So exactly because I thought it would be like normal. I mean, normal kids kids fight. And I, I, I and I talked to him. It was very nice, very shaky. So I, I tried to calm him down because I have a son of similar age, and I couldn't imagine myself being. In that situation, and my son would be attacked. I mean, you could, you could, you could use your mind. This, Did he, he say why said. he
1: was singled out? Exactly, he said.
14: I said, do you go? Do you know them? Do you go to school, same school? He was from Dark No, he said, he was from 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 Dark but he goes to uh, Bishopstown School. No, he said, I never seen in my life. He looks very genuine, a very nice guy. I mean, very shaky. Just they just they picked him up and they attacked such a. Quick and cruel way. Okay. okay. I mean, uh, just single
1: out uh, I mean, a single teenager no on their reason, own. Like, yeah.
14: yeah. I mean, and, and then later on, they when well, the guy from the coast kind of intervened as well, came came in help. So they they start doing chairs on on the glass door. I mean, I mean, they they, they had no fear. Uh, the little kids ten or twelve years of age, will keep hoodies and hands in pocket, trying to pull something like. And and that that is like because it's it's difficult as well. I mean, you you can't uh, you can't go and approach kids as well or touch or something. You,
1: you, have, you have to be careful yeah, as minors. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know.
14: But on the other hand, can you imagine if your child would be attacked and you are a father and standing there? I know, like, it's, um, know it's it's it's, could
1: it's alarming. it's be
14: the other way. You know, and, it's alarming. And it's, and, alarming. It's, and it's bad because in Douglas, um, uh, I heard the other day as well that my my, 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 my son. Uh, friend, uh, uh, in a friend he was walking in Douglas Park which is which is which is very busy with people walking there so it's kind of afternoon and two boys attacked him for, for no reason they beat him up but, but, but let's say God. I don't know but when I saw something with a knife I mean Uh, a young kid having a knife in in his pocket well Um, one thing can lead
1: to another and before you know it somebody gets stabbed no listen I appreciate you taking the call I want to talk to Char if you don't mind thank you so much Char good morning
12: hi how are you
1: what do you make of that crazy times we're living
12: it's crazy it's absolutely mental I contacted him because I actually have a son with special needs and he's actually been bullied so bad to the point now that the people that are bullying him are threatening to actually Badly harm him, and that they're going to come to the house, and that he—they're going to kill him and everything. It's absolutely crazy. It's mentally what's going on.
1: Right. So these—you you say your son is on, on the spectrum. He has—he lives with with yeah. autism, and um yes. he's getting messages on his phone. Is it?
12: Yes. So it started when he started secondary school in September.
1: So would that be mainstream? He,
12: he yeah, he's in okay. in the school he's in, he's in mainstream and both a unit.
1: I got that. There's a unit attached yeah, part of the school. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he's yeah. mix he's mixing with lots of other lads.
12: Yeah, so he's it's a mixed school. So basically um when he like my son is very recluse, he's quiet and he was excited to start a new venture because obviously it meant for him to make friends. And he got joined into a social media um, group chat, and everything was fine. And I've always told my son, if something's wrong, tell me. And one day I just kind of noticed he wasn't himself, and I said, What's up? And he said, I need to show you something. And I looked at his phone, and there were all these messages, and they were like, because my son has a bit of a speech impediment, people were saying to him, Why do you speak like that? What's wrong with you? Are you slow? Are you stupid? all these horrible, nasty, nasty messages. So I got a bit concerned, and I kind of just monitored it for a day or two, and then these messages started coming in um, about basically, see my son thinks a girlfriend is a friend that's a girl. Yes. So if somebody said, is that your girlfriend? He'd be like, yeah, as in a friend. So they were asking him these stupid questions, oh, is this girl your girlfriend? This, that, and the other, and he was like, yeah. So I found out then because he came home, he was like, look at these messages. The person in question knew what they were doing and was like, oh, I'd love to be our girlfriend, but we won't tell anyone. But then she was screenshotting the messages, putting them into another group chat. They were all laughing at him and they were like, you're too ugly to have a girlfriend. You're slow. They were using the R word and um, they were just basically taking the absolute mick out of him. My child was devastated. He was very, very upset. So I rang the school straight away. So these are boys and
1: in, and indeed girls targeting him? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah no, because this is very, very serious now. You should be very much Daddy. on alert. Yeah, yeah,
12: yeah. And I got onto the school straight away. The next day I had a meeting. My son and my partner, we were straight down to the school. I had his phone. The school genuinely seemed like they were taking it very serious they took all notes I showed them the messages they seemed all the names of the people that were saying stuff they asked me then nicely they were like look can you take them out of the group chat I said yeah no issue I said I didn't take them out I said until I showed you the messages I said because if I take them out of the group chat the messages disappear they took pictures they had the names they had everything they told me that they were going to speak to the kids in question but that they needed the parents there with them. That was fine. Um, I left it a few days ago and I contacted them about an update and one of the girls in question uh, had the same first name as another girl that was in on it and basically my answer was, well, your son got the wrong person. I was like, no. They were like, no, he did. I said, you've seen the name. And I have... I'm friends with parents in the year and their kids were like, no, that was the right girl. That was the right girl. And all the schools were concerned about was, did you speak to anybody regarding this outside the school? And I said, yes, I did. I spoke to my family and they were like, do not be mentioning names the wrong girl was named. I said, no, she wasn't. But even he
1: says she said about one particular girl, there were other individuals. Besides. Oh, just just yeah. hold that thought, actually, if you don't mind. I come back after the break. Text 868 Call Neil now. 818
2: 104
1: The
0: Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM.
1: Mm, just listening to uh, Char's story so far where, OK, maybe one girl was mistaken. I don't know whether she was or not. Char says no, but there were other... Other kids involved in this. What what kind of age group are we talking about here? Incidentally, Char. Hang my apologies. I think the line moved on me. I have it here now, Char. What what age group are we talking about?
12: Hi, they're between fourteen and fifteen.
1: Okay. So, but there were there would have been numerous kids uh, calling them yeah. names. You're stupid. You're slow. Yeah. You're ugly. You're the R world yeah. You'll never get a girlfriend. Yeah. So, yeah. And how long ago was this? This is ongoing since September. Since and September, and have the parents been in yeah. with the kids?
12: Uh, yeah, they have, and they're like they're basically saying no, 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 not our kids, not our kids. And I'm like, why aren't you showing the parents the messages? Because the name is on it. Their name is on it. And then the school came back and were like, we're going to do um, an assembly on bullying and social media. Told me all about it, what they were going to say. Everything rang me. Told me they did the assembly that it went absolutely fantastic. When my son came home from school, I spoke to him about the assembly. He was like, there was no assembly. I was like, okay, so I contacted other parents and they asked, I asked their children. Their children was like, no, there was no assembly about social media. So I contacted the school once again, went down, had a meeting. I said there was no uh, assembly, I said, about social media. And they didn't even say, actually, no, there wasn't. They didn't say anything there. They, they just kind of blanked the whole thing. And I said, you have to do something. I was like, because I said, it has oh, to be school.
1: They told you that there was. When yeah, you and challenged them, wasn't. they didn't deny whether there was or there wasn't. So no, why do they... Deny it. So why am I a layperson then thinking that they made
10: it up?
12: I just think it's absolutely crazy, to be honest, Neil, because I've been constantly challenging them. I've been sending emails. I'm not getting updates. I had a meeting recently regarding like, you know, just a parent-teacher meeting. And I brought it up again. I said, how's everything going on in the school? And they're like, oh, fantastic, brilliant. Uh, he, everything is sorted. Your son has loads of friends. And I'm very open with my son. And I just asked him about it. And they named out a few kids to me. And I said the names. to him. He was like, I'm not friends with them. They told me that he goes to the canteen for lunch. He was like, I sit by myself at lunchtime. He was like, I don't talk to anybody except one or two girls who always stand up for me if somebody's nice to me I had to challenge the school because I had a parent come to me concerned saying my child told me your son was in the canteen and they were up laughing and saying, go over to her girlfriend and they were shoving him and dragging him. And I said, really? And they were like, yeah. And my child told me that there was teachers there and they just didn't even bother turning around saying what's going on here. Uh, so and it's
1: still going on then. It may not be happening in the chat group because he's not in it anymore, but they're, they're doing it in person. Out,
12: he's out of the chat group. Yeah. But like, um,
1: it's st- but it's still going, going on, on to his face
12: it's going on to his face and in certain senses it's still going on on social media because I always say to him don't add anybody you don't know and
1: Okay no my my face, worry face, my worry and your worry as well is that it would have a very very serious effect on your son psychologically yes. and you wouldn't want him to harm himself I hate saying yes, that to exactly.
12: you exactly I know but I actually I expressed that to the school because I said like my son is on the spectrum, I said, and I am gravely concerned, and I said, obviously, with how far on the spectrum he is, I said if he and it sounds terrible the way I'm saying it, I if he was able to think normally like a fifteen year old, the first thing that a fifteen year old that was being severely bullied is suicidal
1: thoughts. Yes. But
12: my son, my son just gets really, really upset and he's like, why don't they like me? I'm just trying to be friends with them. I'm just nice to them and stuff like that. And he is very, very conscious. And as I explained to him, he was like, why doesn't anybody want to be my friend? I try so hard. I'm not going to lie. I've sat and I've cried over it because uh, me personally as a mother, that's heartbreaking. But it's also the case that I can't go up okay. to somebody and say, can you please be friends with my son? Because that's not how it works. So this like,
1: started in September because that's when he started yeah. in the school in September. So it yeah. started straight away.
12: Yes, it And, and the victimization exactly of the him is,
1: is clearly, is clearly motivated by the fact that he's on the spectrum.
12: Yeah, it is. It is because like with my son, basically he comes across, across as very if you get what I mean. Like, he is a mad sports fan. He plays soccer, basketball, every sport going. But it wouldn't stop him from singing and dancing to a musical. And I think that's what boys are picking on there a bit. Like, oh, he's a bit feminine. And it's little things like that. But Unfortunately, do you in- need
1: one or two. And before you know it, they have a group of like-minded bullies um, and uh, it. users, it's, you know, because it is it is abuse. It is. Yeah, and, and did like you no, ever go to the guards?
12: I am actually strongly thinking about it because now the fact that they're being threatened—well, they're threatening him—and like they have said other stuff to him, Neil, and it's actually—I always say, it, kids are kids, boys are boys. They are, do you know what I mean. Especially. Oh, I know that. Kids. But
1: he has challenges in life as it is, notwithstanding yeah. the fact that there's supposed to be happy times in school starting. Yeah, every
12: and he's of his not. I he's been denied
1: of, all of that. Uh, I mean, some might say you should change schools. But, you
12: know, he's literally deteriorating as the days are going on. It's just absolutely awful, and like even to the point he was in the group chat and. The kids were adding in people that weren't even in the school. Like there was a, a person in the in the group chat and he wasn't even from the town. He was from up a, a different part. Mm. And my son was like, I don't know him. And I won't even repeat what that young fella said, but it, he basically told my son he was going to kill him. And he said very violent things about me. And I was like, no. So I have them saved. And I'm really strongly thinking of going to the guards I because know, the school aren't doing anything. I know, but what? I, what
1: if... I mean, the guards probably won't be able to do they much because do they're, they're children. I actually, I'm at yeah. a loss as to how one would nav- navigate through something like this. I really am. Unless I mean, you could go, it's so you could get onto the guards. You could get onto Tusla um, because if it's abuse of a, if it's abuse of a minor, it doesn't have to be by a family member. So Tusla would take an interest in this. But w- what they can actually do. You can't change the mindset of these of these bullies, these abusers.
12: Because, as I I was saying earlier on to um, one of the workers that work with yourself, um, it also spills out into an after-school activity. And I met with the the coach, and we had a chat. And he literally, like, I'm fighting, I'm fighting with my son's school since September. I met with the coach. And straight away, he was like, we're shutting this down. He was like, this is getting started. I'm not dealing with this because my son would kind of confide in him. And he was very, very good about it. And I said, I still have this ongoing with the school. And he was like, it's just, he said, it's hard because he said, we could sit down, tell tell them that he's on the spectrum. He doesn't think the same as everybody else. He might pick up something slower than somebody else, but it doesn't mean he's any different. And we and I said it to him. I said, and I said it to the school. I said we could sit down and explain it over and, and is, over what yeah. autism is. Yeah. I said, but they're going to smile. It's not. It's just kids being kids. It's nothing to do with parents. Nothing. A child can smile in your face and say, "I understand. I won't do it again." Why aren't, the floor, that, why aren't there any children? Why aren't there media. children
1: that come to his aid? Why aren't there some in in the school There who is, There have is.
12: To be fair, there is. There is a few that do come to his aid, and they've told their parents. And the parents have came to me and said, look, this is what's going on. And this is what happened today. And do you know if this is
1: commonplace within secondary schools that have an ASD unit, the children in the ASD unit?
12: No, this unit, I I literally fought because I couldn't. I was in panic mode trying to find him an ASD unit. I was petrified because most places were like, we don't have a place. He's going to have to go to mainstream. I was like, he's going to drown if you put him into mainstream. I was like, he needs the help. And then when this became available, I had no choice. So I was like, okay. I personally had bad experiences in that school myself. I went to that school. I had really bad experiences. I was bullied. I lost a friend through bullying in that school to suicide. What? And You're jokingly, really? Start. Yeah. I expressed all The this child, child in that, to that school,
1: school took her own life because of bullying?
12: So many years ago when I was in that school, I had a friend and... He was having a hard time, and obviously he had other issues going on, and it resulted in the loss of his life. He obviously felt like he had no other way out. Of
1: course, this is so, front and center in your thought process at the moment with your own son, and that and so, is and that's, so it that's
12: be. my concern. That's my fear. My that, that's my that is that is my really bad fear. That you know that I will lose my child. <sighs> but I'm trying to stay positive because. At the end of the day, I literally just, I'm trying to make everything happy and as I said to the school and I said to his coach and his coach was as I said, his coach is fantastic, I said, where's he getting his break? I said, he's in school, this is happening, he's coming home, it's on social media and then obviously when he's upset and he's angry and he finds it hard enough as it is to process emotion and thought, if he like if he gets mad at me obviously the parents are going to obviously give out to him and be like what's wrong with you? So I'm I like, know
1: he's tormented sure the lad's tormented and he can't even yeah. process the torment properly so
12: exactly it's also, and he's, like
1: he's yeah.
12: it's just it's after kind of a lot of things are like being said in this and it, like that are like they're trying okay. to say that he's saying certain, certain things that he wouldn't even understand
1: I no okay, No, don't know. No, no, I wouldn't accept anybody trying to shift blame or responsibility here. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that there are people listening who have advice on this, or have been through it, or navigated through this. Um, you know, all too often it's the bullied yeah. move on, and the bullies remain in place. And then when they're underage, of course, they're almost untouchable. Uh, we live, unfortunately, in an age now where sadly more and more children almost behave like feral animals these days. Yeah. Uh, but this type of abuse and bullying and harassment is probably nothing new to some people listening and they may well share uh, I'm going to come back to it in the morning I can guarantee you that and and, uh, and maybe t- t- you know and take some advice when I get off there but I just want to quickly just talk to John here John Good morning, how are you? Okay, because the reason I'm popping you on here is that um, you, you have a similar kind of a story with a friend is it
11: yeah, it happened some time ago. There, um, it was the similar situation of the bullying, and nobody was taking responsibility. The first thing that lady, does anyway. They'll know she has to save. They'll know that has the messages that have been put up on social media. You save those, right? And everything, itemize everything else that has happened. She desperately needs to go straight away to engage the shikana, make it, make it official, sign a statement, right, and make it official. That's the first thing she do. The second thing she needs to do, she needs to see the principal, which this person I was involved with, did, right, and tell him this is his last chance. Know that in the confines in the school, the playground, inside outside corridors, w- outside the school gate, whatever, that if he doesn't take action now, she's holding him directly responsible and she will be going to her solicitor. If he doesn't respond then she goes to the solicitor and nothing focuses the mind more Neil, when you see the headed note paper come in yeah. from a solicitor yeah. addressing it straight to the principal yeah. and when your man saw it he nearly crapped in his pants and something was done. But something ha- she has to go to the gallery and go to the solicitor, put the principal on notice and then you'll see some movement because the last thing I want to know, uh, turn on tomorrow, you know we had enough of it in this town and you Today the they bullying, and young girls taking their own lives. Is to see another young man taking his own life. So. No, I'm going to to chat with some people
1: off the air who've been through this and may well have advice on it even written the book on it and pick up on it in the morning. But they're good words of advice now. I promise I'll be coming back to it. Thank you for now, John. Appreciate it. Um, Meanwhile, Shar, I'll be returning to it in the morning. I promise you that. I'll do some work on it off the air. And hopefully in the intervening period, people who have maybe been through something similar will get in touch by text or by email, by phone. All right perfect, thanks very okay. much take on board what John is saying we'll talk again tomorrow we'll, we'll get you sorted the Samaritans lads are always for anybody going through a traumatic circumstances like this 116123 if anybody is affected by my call with Shire the Samaritans are available on 116123 but if you want to share or do have words of advice or you've had a child who's been through something similar uh, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. pick up the phone on 0818104106 Uh, Or if you have a story to share by email, neil at redfm.ie.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM.
2: Conversation that matters. To
1: get involved and we'll pick up on this again in the morning, but I want to do something that I've planned for a couple of weeks and that is welcome a guest that has come from um, the, well, two different parts of America where she (laughs) uh, plies her trade, the one and only Lorna. Um, Is it Laura Burna?
15: It is Laura Brina, but I can answer Brina. to anything you'd like.
1: So, <laughs> as a musician, you're you split your time between Los Angeles and Nashville, but you're here to find your great grandfather, or at least the roots of a man by the name of Cummins, isn't
15: it? Yes. Yeah, so, if anybody here knows the Cummings name or can help me find my family. Let's let's return
1: to that in a few minutes time because okay. I greedily wanted to use the opportunity to hear you do your thing um, because uh, I've been watching your stuff online and you are an incredible talent and you've played Thank you so much. Indi- individually in your own right you're really rocking it, but you've played with some of the serious greats in the music industry over the years. So thank you. You 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 arrive with guitar player um, whose name I incidentally don't know. So introduce yourself there, Mister Guitar Man. name's Eric. Eric, good to see you. He's
15: fantastic. I'm He's sure our band leader.
1: <laughs> Let's. Oh, so part of the whole band, though. The most oh yeah. yeah. Band. I've seen oh, we've online. got
15: a big rocking band. We like to push the edge give a little attitude and sass you know as I you do it.
1: i love it as you do okay <laughs> as you do working with the likes of yourself for taylor swift or Emmy Lou harris but let's see what you're capable of doing so what have you got in mind
15: well i thought we'd hum a little tune called certified which is out right now it's a little sassy attitude one okay. about being really crazy because okay. aren't we all a little crazy you know
1: okay well you hum it and i'll sing it Go. okay ahead.
15: perfect <laughs> here we go <laughs> There's a little devil in your eyes. Look like you're a cowboy running from them 5 lights. Bet you like playing chicken on the train tracks, pitch black with no headlights. Yeah, honey, I can tell that we're headed for a real good time. Buggle up, baby, you better hold on tight. Cause I'm a wild ride. Down on my fist fight Got you hypnotized Little moonshine Two time Burning down a Friday night You say that you like to party Well let me tell you A little something about me Hey baby If you want crazy I'm certified Yeah you think you're as bad As Johnny walking that line those snake skin boots are cute, but got nothing on mine. If you're turned to 10, I'm 11. Added up to 21, we'll be hitting heaven. Baby, better get ready for the time of your life. Cause I'm a wild ride, little snake bite. I'm a bona fide jewelry tie. I'm a down on on my fist fight. Got you hematized, little moonshine, two time burning down to Friday night. You. Say If you want crazy, I'm certified. Buckle up, baby, you better hold on tight. Cause I'm a wild ride, little snake fight, little bonafide do or die, I'm a stick of dynamite you hematized little moonshine two-time burning down a Friday night you say that you like to party well, let me tell you little.
1: You're certified. I'm going to stay away from you. Uh, mind you, I, I am there in my mind in the Nashville bar sitting at the counter with a cold beer in my hand. Yes. <laughs> nice one, Eric. Rocking it at this hour of the morning. That's the new single and it's flying and everything yeah. you're doing because God bless Spotify and YouTube. And yes, everything. Now absolutely. we can see everybody's back catalogue, including yours. But do you mind me asking? Yes. You're just the, One of the reasons you're here is you're tracking down your Irish roots. Yes. And all you know about your great grandfather is that he's was originally from Cork.
15: Yes, it's funny. I actually thought it was my great great grandparents, and then then we find out no 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 because my um, my mom's brother or my uncle, he was doing you know in the states we did the ancestry dot com or the yeah, twenty three uh, and yeah, me yeah, and whatnot, and yeah. he was looking up all of our roots and. And he found out, actually, it's my great-grandfather.
1: So when would he, there he is, the same man, black yeah. and white, sitting, this is when he's working in America. I right?
15: think, I believe many, so, many yes. There,
1: but he, do you know what, like, what, what decade we're talking about in and around when the family would, the Cummins would have gone to America?
15: I think probably the early 1900s, I would say. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I want to go to the Epic Museum and find out some more, and and it's exciting. Yeah. I bet you have all these crazy Americans that come over trying to find yeah, their roots.
1: Yeah, if you're overseas <laughs> and you meet a crazy American, you tell them where they're from. They want to know if you know. Oh, you, uh, oh, you, uh, know you, Laura,
15: he, you know Laura, you know Laura Bryner, you know that crazy uh, yeah, chick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh huh.
1: Do you that, know? You know the Murphys. <laughs> I have relatives called the Murphys.
15: You know the one that you know that went to here and oh yeah, we met him at that bar and then yeah. Mm-hmm. So had this, a shindé with my mom. This, okay,
1: sure. this guy. Um, Went to the States, so at least 100 years ago, maybe 120, 130 years ago, Jack Cummings. Yes. And all you know is that he was from Cork.
15: Yes. Okay. That's all I know so far. You don't yeah.
1: know whether he was city, county, east or west, nothing? I don't. Okay. Okay. So what, are you, can you check for birth records or anything like that? I think you can do that, that at the, the
15: Epic cent- Museum, I think. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you should try and find a census if you know brothers and yeah. sisters or anything like right. that? Right. Okay. Do you have his birth date? I don't. And no one in the family would know?
15: Not not yet. So if anybody's out there in Cork, help me. I need all the help I can get. It's a tall order
1: because <laughs> all we have to work with right now is um, Jack Cummins. Yes. What did he do when he went to America and who did he meet, settle down with? Because you're, you're here as a result. Well, you're not here as a result. You are here as a result of him. I'm
15: the, here for all of the above. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for the good crack. Yeah. Although I have to say it probably sounds like... Drugs, when I say it, as opposed to lots of fun and a good laugh, but...
1: <laughs> so when he went to America, right?
15: Yes, he, Um, from that picture, from what we know, he worked in the U.S. Patent Office okay. or the government somehow, something. Where is
1: this, New York or... D.C. In Washington.
15: Okay. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we can trace our family, I think, like six generations in the Washington, D.C. area, yeah. too, so... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it draws a blank on this side of the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah.
15: So, and yeah. then my my father was adopted, so we don't totally know all that either.
1: Do you so. know? Do you know where Jack Hummings is buried?
15: I don't. <laughs> I like. I'm really kind of a lost cause.
1: <laughs> but you want to fill in all of the details yeah. before maybe 1900 or something? Yes. A Jack, so we, what we had to work with is a Jack Cummins from Cork, your great-grandfather, went to America, ended up on the East Coast, worked as a patent in the patent office. But besides that, nothing. Right. Okay.
15: That's well, where I'm at. Yeah. Help <laughs> I need some help.
1: <laughs> well, let's see if anybody help can, can, and can shine any light. Because we don't know how many in the family left at the same time, how old he was when he left.
15: I know. I, yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm a, I'm a disaster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's just start. So, what kind of work are you going to be doing trying to find him? You said the epic. What
15: you say? Yes, they said that a, the, a great place to go is the Epic Museum in Dublin. Right, okay. So, apparently they have a lot of information about...
1: On people who are
15: or a lost cause like myself so
1: Um, (laughs) so what's your plan when you're not looking for your great grandfather are you playing gigs here are you doing anything like that
15: yes we have a fun gig are you coming uh, tomorrow night where is it it's at the Barber's Bar everybody's doing it
1: where
15: is that it's in Stony Batter in Dublin (laughs) everybody's doing
1: it come on I I try and avoid as many reasons as possible to ever go to Dublin
15: yeah but hi (laughs) hi
1: Here I is. No, but I've got you here now, so I can get you to play <laughs> a second song. You see, so we're, uh, we're 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 treated by you without ever having to travel up there.
15: Oh well, you know. Besides li- living in Los Angeles and Nashville, I'm all over the place. I live in my suitcase, basically. My parents.
1: Well, I tell that you, my well, parents you, have said Nice I, and clean and well ironed and do you, do you, ever hear, to... did you ever Did you hear about the rivalry between New York and Boston? They just don't oh, get on, right? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, Cork and Dublin is the same.
15: Yeah, but you know, see, that's where I bring my crazy, my little certified crazy. You know, I got to bring that in there too. So.
1: Okay, well, we've had, we've had certified. Yeah. Currently rocking it on the Billboard chart. Yes. Um, any chance it might squeeze another one out of you?
15: We can, we can. Eric! Come on, Eric.
1: He's not even ready. What, well, are leaning up against the door smoking a cigarette? Yeah. Typical <laughs> Nashville style there. No Stetson for me, pal.
15: So we're calling this a little bit of a swamp swag.
1: Swamp swag. Swag,
15: yeah. It's a little uh country fried. This is the same dog. It's a... Uh, definitely a, a sassy one too, yeah. as you do.
1: So what's it like then working with Taylor Swift or Lou Harris? Or you know what? Big so producers. great. I mean,
15: Emmy Lou was awesome. I got to open for her at the Meyerhoff uh, Symphony Hall in Baltimore and, and, you know, I opened for her and there it was. I was singing my songs and I came off stage and there she was in the wings and... You know, she didn't have to do that. I mean, here she is, this legend. I mean, she's sings well, harmony she with so many. And, she and she's so nice and yeah. so philanthropic. And she comes on after me and, and, and she and she as I was leaving, you know, as I got off the stage, she was like, you know, she's like, Great job, I love your music. Went on stage. She didn't have to say anything about me, and she came on and she's like, How about Laura Bryan, everybody? What a great job. You know, just went on and I was like, what a class act, yeah, yeah, you know. And yeah. both of us didn't being, see
1: you as the threat. Didn't need to do it. She was just magnanimous. Yeah. She
15: is so nice, yeah. and and just so uh, yeah. I mean, just a class act. And she's played, and you know, she sings every different kind of music. She's done harmonies for all the different greats, and 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 just and I mean, country music is so lucky to have her. Yeah. I mean, she really is an icon. And God just absolutely stunning in your, person yeah, yeah, and yeah, inside no, too. I love
1: your sound. I love your sound. I've, I've seen the, the full band sound that you produce. It's fantastic. Thank it's you. Oh, dope. we
15: got some more stuff. We've been right in a lot in Nashville. Yeah, like I said, I'm in the uh, airport quite often. Um, I live in a suitcase. My parents call me an airport hooker because um, I give new meaning to fly the friendly skies, apparently.
1: <laughs> la, la, la. You're clocking up the air miles. You probably fly first class in this day, do you? Well, uh, Go on, business class. Yes.
15: No, you know what? They I, I buy a coach ticket and they upgrade me. It's oh great. My God. Yeah, but you know, like, great to be. I, I'm one of the I'm one of these people that I can't fit in the seat, so my legs dangle because my legs don't touch the ground. In fact, <laughs> I'm like standing up here singing at the microphone, and I'm actually the about, same height as. What are you
1: about four foot eight, five foot two, <laughs> five foot four.
15: Okay, I love you more than Let me life. Let reverse out of this. <laughs> yeah. Do you want some water with your foot? I <laughs> am um, actually five foot and three-fourths. Yes, the three-fourths matter. But I
1: was going to got it right second time. But time. it
15: does It does matter how tall your hair is because, you know, the bigger the hair, the closer to God. <laughs>
1: Big hair.
15: Yes. Okay. Okay. But yeah, we've been writing a lot. we got a lot of new songs coming and a little sass, a little attitude, some more rock and stuff, all and right, a little well, blues let's... and country. <laughs> so this is Same Dog, everybody. This is for all you ladies out there.
9: Eric
15: Himmel Yeah, you come around here Knocking at my door Begging me To take another chance on you Well, you sure do sound sorry Yeah, you sure do look sad But there's a few things I won't do I don't do my leap Until I take a good look With fire, and you don't let the same dog bite you twice. No, I don't let the same dog bite me twice. Well, every time I start the weekend, I can hear my mama's voice saying, Baby, darling, don't be no fool. Oh, you don't know how bad I wanna throw you a bone, but that would just be breaking all the rules. I don't do my leaping till I take a good look. I don't skate around on thin ice. Don't run with scissors and I don't play with fire. And you don't let the same dog. No, I don't. Now, honey. No, my mama didn't raise no fool, son. Mm-mm. You tell him, Eric. Because that ain't it. We got your crack right here.
1: even mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on my second cold beer, and I've just lit me up a Marlborough. <laughs> That's a bit like uh, "fool me once, or once bitten, twice shy," isn't it? Yes. Don't let
15: yeah. me Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I love it. I love
1: it. I love it. You're in great voice this morning. Thank you so to you, much. Listen, I wish us. I had more time. Good luck with the gig in Dublin, right? Because you're going to be there. Because
15: <laughs> you're going to be there. We're going to have that beer. My avatar
1: will be there. And,
15: and yep, and you're going to sing a few tunes with us. <laughs> you're going to come up, do some harmonies. So everybody should be there. 6:30. <laughs> I know take... it's a little early but you know you come come from work come be with us
1: why not I, I mean, mean and if somebody wants to make the journey and the trip well and good but the next time you hear, do <laughs> a gig, do a gig down here
15: well bring us back
1: <laughs> good luck with your um, with your great grandfather right I know you're going to be going to the epic museum in Dublin so call me if you get news will you I want to know about Jack Cummings so don't be a stranger you have our details absolutely I want to know the next chapter in this story
15: okay, okay let's do it so
1: don't be a stranger
15: oh no I'm coming back I'm going to haunt you
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say something like that <laughs> how do you live with her Eric you got a switch off button on the back there
15: <laughs> uh, well that's that's another show <laughs> and maybe okay. not appropriate well, but yes keep doing
1: what you're doing don't thank stop. you so much and don't Thanks be a stranger let's know what happens next look after yourself for so. sure Back after the break.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM.
2: Conversation that matters.
1: Certainly do. the Neil Prenderville Show with Mercedes Benzcourt. Get involved in that conversation for all of the business. We'll pick it up in the morning. Great voice. Many people talking about and commenting about Laura's great voice and the great uh, guitar accompaniment of Eric Himmel. And they really do pack a punch. I hope there are developments in our story and that uh, she manages to find her great-grandfather. Lads, that's it. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.
0: Cork, there is no better place. It's time to talk. The only way to get Antigua and Cork is to go on to Neil Prenderville, you
1: know? Very Talk to Neil
13: Prenderville. That's a Cork
0: threat <laughs> at this stage, I think. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. I just love Cork people. Conversation that matters.